I wanted to say something at the top of the show just when you thought that perhaps we were done with Fear of the Walking Dead. I just wanted to say one thing and I'll, I'll be inserting this in the show is that we have at least one observation and one tie-in to the current events of The Walking Dead. And I just wanted to say that off the top of the show because uh, when we get to it, I'll insert it when, when necessary. Okay, okay. This and, is news to me. Yeah, and with that, I will, while I, <laughs> while I get my notes up, I'm going to hand this over to Carol. Do you know why I'm handing this over to you and it's extra special? Because you know I'm super excited and pumped about this episode. That's reason one. Reason two. <laughs> There's no intro. That's reason two, reason three. <laughs> Is <laughs> that we haven't know. heard from you in a week? I know, I know, but I've come back stronger than ever. Oh, did you stronger say? Did you say strong? <laughs> stronger, stronger than ever, full of energy. <laughs> You, you got the dig, right? You got the... Because strong. strong. You want to be stronger? Oh, God. <laughs> no. no. No, we're not going to go there. Not... Oh, my God. It took me a second. I was like... So precious. No, no we're not doing that. No, <laughs> no I'm excited. I, I, I was very apprehensive going into this premiere. I mean, I was excited. I mean, you know I was excited about it. Yeah, but I you also were just... Was... You couldn't handle it. Oh, my God. I could barely contain myself. But at the same time, I wasn't sure how it was going to be or like, is it going to be, you know, kind of slow going, you know, because it's, you know, obviously having to set up or doing the time jump, all that kind of stuff. But no, man, we got like right into it. And I honestly like, I, you know, I, I obviously watched the episode a couple of times, almost three times, actually, because, um, you know, my husband, he was like, oh, I'd love to be a guest in your podcast. I'm like, well, you know, you have to watch first. You know? I, I would definitely. So, he's, he's actually a pretty good speaker, too. He is a pretty good speaker. And I just told him that the prerequisite the, is to, you know, watch the episode. So uh, basically. <laughs> Which he hasn't? Is that what's going on? No, because he's an early to bed, early to rise kind of person. And I'm a uh-huh. night owl. So like, you know, I watched when it came on live at nine and I watched Talking Dead afterwards and then I re-watched it later and took notes. So like mm-hmm. I just kind of was like falls to the wall on Sunday, you know, but basically, you know, with him, like, I mean, we always record it anyway on DVR. So he'll usually watch it like maybe the next day in the morning or something. So he was watching it like while we were setting up, like he's been watching it. <laughs> I was like, well, you get caught up on one episode one and, you know, you can always come on and, and contribute once you're fully informed. Yeah, it's like, why don't you call me you know when you when you're better uh, acclimated yeah exactly <laughs> come on buddy but i almost was gonna watch it a third time because he was watching it and i was like oh man we gotta get set up but i just enjoyed it that much i really enjoyed it and when i was writing notes i realized how much substance there was in this episode like oh. it wasn't like filler you know what Packed. i mean it's like a lot a lot of information yeah so i would was- almost even wager a guess that in, in it's almost too packed. Mm. I would say not not that that's a bad thing for people like us. Right. <laughs> because right. we'll rewatch things, take notes, and then we'll realize, oh, wow, they're giving us a lot of information in a short period yes, of time. Yes. I mean, I have pages of notes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lot. But I mean, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And I, I kind of, I, again, you know, I'm the person that comes with from the comic book background. So there were aspects, part of the reason that I was kind of entering the season a little sort of like, oh, let's see how this goes is because of the death of Carl in, you know, the, this past season, season eight, that really kind of threw things for a wrench. And I was like, well, how are you really going to do this or that or whatever? Because I knew Carl was an integral, an integral part of like the events that kind of transpire. 
So when I was watching this episode, I was sort of like, ah, okay, I see why this happened because since there's no Carl, we had to kind of remix a little things in order to get from point A to point B. So right. I, it, it started all coming together and making sense and all of that. But um, yeah, it was, I thought it was a very solid episode and a good start to basically kind of like come in and make point. I think Angela King not, knocked it out of the ballpark. I think, you know, if you want to say that Maggie Reed made a statement, Angela King made a statement, like very clear statement of like, okay, this is new beginning. This is how we're starting off. And you know, it's going to be a great story. So, I mean, I, I hope, I think that the reviews by and large were very positive. So um, I don't think the ratings were great, but I'm hopeful that because the reviews have been so um, positive that it'll entice more people to come. Because I mean, I know certain um, certain reviewers that are very uh, critical of The Walking Dead and they've been very, very positive. So which tells me that, um, you know, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'd heard about the reviewers as well and how, but also how the ratings were actually really low. Right, as right. Well. At least the TV ratings. I'm not sure. Again, they they did this knowing full well that the on-demand streaming, and then just to let you know, like my cable provider, and I may have mentioned this, but my cable provider does not have the videos on demand as quickly as they used to, Mm -hmm. at least for AMC shows. No, you're right, because I remember actually when I used to live in New York, it was the same. Like There was a lull between the time of whenever it aired and when it was actually on demand, sometimes like a couple of days. I mean, at most a day, Like, but you know, but now it's been kind of like, man, I've had to like wait three or four days i mean sometimes oh, wow. a week i think well because when i was reviewing the last few uh episodes of fear the walking dead i was like oh forget this i have to go to my computer i have to do this which is not that bad but i kind of like the ability to just kind of whip out yeah. my phone take a few notes in front of the big screen you know, yeah yeah no it up. of course yeah no that's wow we're living our best life but and yet our cable provider doesn't want us to what's the deal with that carol what's the deal what do, you have? do you have comcast no i have spectrum i'm gonna blow i'm gonna blow that up we're not making money we're not gonna get sued no we're, no we're not making money no uh, i will say you know verizon bios is uh <sighs> pretty hands down pretty damn fabulous like i i tell people your words are salt in my wounds i i've told people when i'm down here it's like well you know when i used to live in new york i had rising bios and they're like oh man i mean not that we have crappy service now i mean we have um it's comcast whatever um which is fine you know it's good like I, i can't you know lie it's it's good. The thing is that I find that Verizon BIOS organized their channels in a way that was more conducive to you finding things. Whereas yeah. like here, it's just, there's not as much rationale as why you'd have to go by, I don't know, Playboy to get to PBS. Like it makes no sense. There's no logic whatsoever. <laughs> to get to Playboy. Seriously. Yeah. So basically like, I don't even bother with that crap. I'm like, I don't flip. Like I just basically, you know, okay. Well, the, the nice thing is that it has like the voice features you're just talking to your remote and be like oh pbs oh amc or whatever and then it just goes to it so i don't even know what channels you know my numbers yeah that's why that's why you need like a tech guy like like eddie to program your favorites yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah not that it, 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 look, as much as you you want to say that it's a guy and a girl thing, it's it's the guys. They get obsessed over like the yeah. phone you have. They get o- obsessed over the TV channels and the quality oh, of the video. Yeah, I get frustrated because sometimes I just didn't want anybody to call me out. By the way, no, <laughs> it's no, it's, no, it's not. It's it's a hundred percent true because I mean, look, as long as the TV works and there's a remote control, I get frustrated when sometimes like Eddie puts something else on and it's through some other streaming service and it corresponds to one of the four other remotes, and I'm like. <laughs> 
I don't know. The four remote controls. Which one is it? Like, I don't, I don't know which input. I don't know. HDMI one, two, three. Yeah. All right. Tell them the, so, these exact words. Tell them you got to get that magic remote, son. And just leave the room after you say after you say that. You'd be like, wait, wait. What, what's that? What is that? Um, don't even say yeah, ask I, Dave. Just say, just leave. <laughs> I, I just basically, I, that's basically when I call and say, like, can you help me change the channel back to the cable? <laughs> back onto the cable. Do the cable for me and then leave because I'm watching the show. My level of technology is DVR. It's like, okay, let me set this DVR up. Okay, everything is ready. It's recording. Woo! It's my level of excitement. It's very exciting. Uh, I didn't yes. have DVR in New York, so. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, you know, I, I still don't have DVR. I'm like, I'm like still like, hold I'm like that last holdout like where I'm hoping to skip DVR technology and just go straight to on demand you know thinking mm-hmm. everything's on demand and I'm mostly right but then I lost Fios when I moved from Greenpoint to uh, South Slope so like now I'm with Spectrum and it's kind of like they're they're on demand you can't even save your favorite shows so it's kind of like Aww. I have to manually remember what I mean this is like the for most first world problem ever it's like oh I have to remember very, the shows very, I'm watching on demand very first world problem oh my god buddy. it's like me complaining about something that I'm recording on my DVR <laughs> Like, exactly. Okay, get over it. I mean, oh, wait, and well, I was gonna say the great, see, the great British British baking show. That would have been a cool thing to make fun of somebody about. But then that's on Netflix, so that that actually counters my point. So yeah, it doesn't work. Anti DVR. It's like it's mm-hmm. like next level DVR. Uh, Netflix. I know. So um, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so the first thing I kind of wanted to get, so I wanted to kind of go in order. Um, there are points yes. in which I kind of combined things where uh-huh. I, I kept the con- continuity flowing and then places where I deliberately like switched off because they're pseudo significant. Yes. Um, but the first things first, first is um, it's the thoughts on, uh, so what did you think about Andrew Lincoln's intro into the episode? I thought that was kind I of le- cool. I did too. I did too. I thought it was kind of cool because it kind of reminded me of like an old timer telling like the youngins like you know everything they went through and how we got to where we are today i like that i like that approach i like this whole western sort of feel this is how it used to be son (laughs) yeah i i I like it it's the walking deadwood you know that's as somebody put it yep yeah i like it i definitely like it. i think it was on on, on the walking talking dead yeah who said that out loud was that um maybe it was hardwick might have been hardwick i think it was hardwick actually yeah could could be it might as well have been but yeah well, he's a big Deadwood fan anyway. He mentioned that. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think it makes sense. But no, I, I liked it. I liked that a lot. And then, you know, just kind of getting that Old West vibe and the spiked wooden gates and a new Alexandria sign, the solar panels and the windmill. I thought it was awesome. It was, it was very cool. Very cool intro opening. But I did like his little recap and I did like, I mean, I knew, obviously, like I remembered everything that happened, but I thought it was a nice, clean little synopsis of showing us like, you know, everything that they went through without necessarily like showing what happened to Glenn and Abraham I'm like well please let's not go back to that you know so I thought it was good oh yeah god yeah it's it's a pretty clean way to kind of sum up the cleanest way you pro- probably could sum up the last two seasons right <laughs> To mm-hmm. be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I liked it too. Um, I think part of it's a little creepy though too, because like I think the one thing that that I don't know whose decision it was to kind of just make the um, the intro to the season kind of like keep emphasizing, oh, Andrew Lincoln's leaving. You know, Andrew Lincoln's leaving, right? Well, Andrew Lincoln's <laughs> leaving. If yeah, you forgot that Andrew Lincoln's leaving, here's the intro where that? Andrew Lincoln is speaking the intro. <laughs> what do you think about that? So you know to miss him. 
I think it's a little annoying, especially since part of what I'm thinking is, and I may have mentioned this, I may not have, is that I, I have, the, I've been saying to people on Instagram what I've been feeling about Rick, uh, what's going to happen to Rick, and I don't think it's a death. I don't think it's a death either. And that's what make thing, makes things a little bit more annoying, because it's kind of like, well... The way we they're framing this is that it's definitely he's leaving, happening. But he's not dying. We didn't say he's dying. He's leaving. Yeah. Well, we didn't say anything about that. I'm like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. But th- but then why make that your? Why not make it about the story? Why not make it about the show? Why? Maybe maybe they're just trying to get ahead of it, and I mean, and just sort of like, okay, well, we know that it's happening, so then let's just sort of like go with it or whatever. Or it could also be like a marketing, honestly, sort of thing. Like, okay, well, like to draw on people who are, aren't watching the show basically so drawing people and see like okay because people are going to tune in just to see like how this happens how is it going to happen when is it going to happen you know that sort of thing possibly yeah like i guess so maybe and and since it's only like what like five episodes i think yeah i think i think he's eliminated in episode five eliminated eliminated like the terminator Gosh, um, Sorry. Yeah, okay. Now, all right, so Alexandria's new look. Yes. So far, so good. It's looking pretty I like full. It. Yep. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I, I noticed that they, they kind of filled it out. They repaired the walls. There's a yes. water bridge. Yeah, I think the that's, sign that, is new. By the way, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the sign is definitely new. Oh, yeah, because their, their old one was kind of uh, brick and mortar. <laughs> it was kind of like uh, basic. Well, and it was ominous. It was like, um, yeah, the mercy for the weak, vengeance for the plunderers, and stuff. Actually, do you remember what their their sign said? The Alexandria sign. I didn't. Really I think that's what it said. I think it's, that's what it said. The new one. Oh no, the new one just said "Welcome to Alexandria." Okay, okay. Yeah, that was it. I know I didn't record that. I record everything. Um, <laughs> one thing that I okay. So, do you remember Noah? I yes. Think, I think he mentioned way back that the the water would do well to have like those walking, like floating bridges. If I'm not Did mistaken, he? when he was talking. Deanna's husband hmm. I, I didn't write this down even but like I remember as, as I'm panning through it in my mind I'm like oh wait didn't Noah say something about this because he had plans for Alexandria too mm. so it, this may I'll, we'll go back but I, I think it would be a good thing to kind of I don't want to think about Noah his death is one of the worst oh god yeah well don't think about the death think about how he lived <laughs> I got you. he didn't live all that much yeah I know yeah. that's that's what kind of makes it worse because like, you saw the, the whole thing is that they built up the potential of Alexandria th- that's through what Noah. All the time. All the time. And then they, they ripped his face off. I mean, yeah. Well, actually, they ripped his face off. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought I'd get more pleasure from making you squirm, but like, I, in the end, it's kind of like a backfire effect. Backfire. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> you remember, and you're like, oh. Like, no. I, I think like, you said that that was one of the worst. You that ever was one of the worst did. that I ever thought. Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Just it's it's oh. like it's like when you try to shoot somebody, you just shoot yourself in the face. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. Or when you point the finger at one person, yeah. you you're pointing three five fingers, finger, four fingers right, back at you. Right back, right back at you. Yep. Um, yes, solar panels, batteries, windmills, powering mm-hmm. things. It's Alexandria's. You get the impression that Alexandria's kind of living a little large. Yeah, they, the they've way. rebuilt. They, they've rebuilt. Back in Bethlehem, they did have solar panels before, though, right? Yeah. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They've got a system down. <laughs> but boy, do they ever. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think that of that scene with, uh, with Judith? Judith mm-hmm. Michonne. Was it Judith or Baby Gracie? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I, wait no, a minute. I, 
I know. Where, I know. where is I, baby I'm Gracie? Just, I'm just throwing that out there. I firmly do believe that that's Judith. But the yeah. little, but the the cynical, dark-hearted person that I am is like, wait a second, is that baby Gracie though? <laughs> yeah, but but it does beg the question: Where is baby Gracie? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, I, I think that she's just part of like their bursting society. To be honest, I think that she's fine, Gracie. Personally, I just kind of like I, I briefly thought that, and then I just kind of moved on. Mm. I think that I think that their little family is cute. You know, like you have Judith like drawing their little family and this person and that person, and you know, so you know they they seem to have their little unit down. It's good. All right, all right, I got my eye on you. But yeah, but now that you mentioned it, it was kind of like because you know I was probably gonna mention it too. <laughs> like, like, where's baby Gracie? Oh yeah, you sure that's not baby Gracie? You sure that's not baby Gracie? I didn't hear anybody say Judith. Yeah, exactly. It, but that does get me a little nervous. But also, it would make me kind of like, like she should be there. What's up with that? Will we see her? I think we I think will. So. I think we will. Yeah. I. But then again, all this talk about Andrew Lincoln, whose last episodes, like, okay, maybe they'll put that off for a little while. Maybe they'll make baby Gracie magically disappear to support mm-hmm. a more bloodthirsty you know okay. to kind of keep her out of what may happen down the road or what will happen probably mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the whisperers oh, gosh. Um, oh yeah so one thing about just after that scene and I, I liked I, I marked this down because it's kind of interesting to me is the whole murder of crows thing mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. I, you remember when we were walking through the teaser and I mentioned the murder of crows and the one thing that was that was that I mentioned was yeah that's that's what you call a flock of crows it's like a murder right well yes 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 that yes, was yes. a shit ton of crows flying in the air and that was yeah. even though like they were like looking up in Marvel I was kind of mm-hmm. looking up and being like oh this is scary this is ominous right now because this yeah. you know this doesn't just yeah. mean what it means yeah no definitely no Carol, you're right you you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> So, back. so here's what I did. I actually okay. looked up whether like, flocking crows like is a is like a normal thing. And here's what came up. This is not a flock of seagulls. No, no. This is a flock. Of, this is like the goth version of flock of seagulls. <laughs> Ma- many types of crows are solitary, but they will often forage in groups. Others stay in large groups. A group a group of crows is called a murder. When one crow dies, the murder will will surround the deceased. Oh, you, hear, you listen to this? I am. I'm listening to it. It's interesting. This funeral. Isn't to mourn the dead though. The crows <laughs> gather together to find out what killed their member. Then the murder of crows will band together and chase predators in a behavior called mobbing. <laughs> but but that's the thing. So that that first part is very I wouldn't say very prescient, but I think it's, it ties in really well mm-hmm. to what's going on uh, in this episode mm-hmm. because of you know who gets murdered or I guess not murdered, but it's the idea of somebody being put down, mm-hmm. and then the the murder will surround the deceased. You know and the funeral isn't to mourn the dead but find out who did it mm-hmm. so and, and it's called mobbing so interesting so you know when you when you look at the end of the episode which we'll get to it kind of ties in and i could see how easily that could play into what's going on in this episode hmm. right mm-hmm. and the, the beginning part is just a foreshadowing interesting yeah uh okay so yeah you quickly find so you f- you quickly find out a lot of things i mean you find yeah. out al- already that the sanctuary is just like the only thing that they can do is make ethanol right and they can't even make an enough of that to keep everybody going and and it, and it comes up later but it, I thought it was a very good point and, and well thought out writing again kudos to Angela Kang Woo-hoo. 
Um, but at one point later on, when they are in the sanctuary, Daryl and Rick are talking, and Daryl mentions about how you know the, the fact you know this this is a factory. You know, the sanctuary was was former factory, and this this doesn't grow. It's not able to to sustain life and grow things. That's why Negan had people do his bidding for him because he knew that it's, the land just wasn't capable of it. So I thought it was very interesting because you know when I thought about it, I was like, well, that does make sense. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the way Negan set this all up. You have to think about how what the sanctuary is. It's the sanctuary. It's really just a place for people to be safe. His mm-hmm. whole shtick was saving people. Mm-hmm. So that was the emphasis and priority of the place. It wasn't really to like to like right, like you said, like farm or produce anything really. But like the best they could do was shop their wares in the on the floor <laughs> and you know, giving the higher ups a grab bag and you know and other people a purpose, like just, you know, taking count of their wares and their scraps and all that stuff that they can sell to other people for their I guess uh Credits, I mean, I guess, is what they, like a credit system. Right. Other than the higher-ups who could just take whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so, so yeah, so it's, it's really, inter- it's really interesting, Carol. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just chatting with uh, Eye in the Dark, too, on Instagram. Ooh. At least we're still yeah. connected there. <laughs> What does he still have? What does he have to say? By the way, I feel very embarrassed. I am the dark too. It's like I don't know if you're here, a he or a she. I haven't been ingrained enough in you <laughs> to know. I know I shouldn't make assumptions. Should what I? sex you are? Well, I don't know either. So there we go. Um, but yeah, no, they're still listening. So that's great. Um, Yay! But yeah, okay. So, and, and like like you said from the beginning, there's like this like rich flow of information that happens in seconds. And part of that is you know you're walking through with um, you're walking through with Eugene, and you know he's giving the four one about the ethanol, and then um, uh, Daryl at least, and you find out Daryl's in contr- like kind of in charge of the, the sanctuary. Yeah. You thought Eugene would be, but like it's really Daryl, right? Um, and that makes sense actually. If you, the more you think about it, the more you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> given the fact, given what you find out. But you also find out really quickly is um, that uh, oh yeah so yeah they start as, even as they put put up the walker as a scarecrow and Daryl puts it down it's like the way you, they reveal the characters that are putting up the scarecrow you find mm-hmm. out okay Zach McGowan easily identifiable he's been in many series like Agents of Shield yeah he's, yeah I noticed him I was like God he looks so familiar I was yes like, he's been in a lot yes you've seen him as like um, kind of guest roles in many different shows oh yeah mm-hmm. he was in the 100 he's in all these shows that people really love. Uh, and he's called Justin on the show. And so the way they block that scene, they make it so that you kind of don't forget his face, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's it, you just see how they how they kind of flip the camera and they they stay on his face for a little while, just in, in at the right amount of time to get you to be like, okay, I think I'm supposed to like keep my eye on this guy because he's significant. And you even see him in the in the sneak peeks in the next next episode. He kind of pushes Henry. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah, so this yeah. guy's gonna be a character. He's gonna be like a. He may even be the main, you know, savior, save us, you know, we are still Negan kind of person. Mm-hmm. At least it certainly seems that way. But you never know. Maybe they're ch- they're going to fake out. Maybe he's a nice guy after all. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Seems to be all about surprises lately. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh, so the next thing I noticed right away, and it's like uh-huh. all of this is through inference, is that um, they solve this communication problem that they were having. Do you remember the whole letters thing? That one episode yes. where they had that yes. monologue between uh-huh. the three people? Yes. So, it, and it was all done by letters. He left it in a mailbox and they all picked it up and all that stuff so mm-hmm. it seems like they, they solve the communication problem by establishing like walkie relays and by the right. way this solves the same problem that Fear the Walking Dead had when everybody's all ah, around 
Good point. Yeah, so there's a little tie-in there, a little tie-in. This is not even the main tie-in I wanted to make, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's quite interesting. So they have these relays also, and um, yeah, I, and by the way, the one thing I wanted to tell you about that was, oh, okay, so I in the dark is a she, <laughs> but the one ah. thing, the one thing I wanted to t- is, uh, that I thought maybe have been had been one thing that they learned from the, the saviors is that is that I think they learned the relay system through the saviors. Mm-hmm. It seemed as though the saviors knew where everyone was going to be. They had relays to kind of relay information. So I think they did that better, and I think they learned that from them. Mm. Nah, I mean, so. Yeah. So again, oh, so much information from There's so a little. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm meticulous like that. <laughs> I have pages of notes. You do? Oh, oh yeah. Oh man, well lay, lay some on me. Well, let's see. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh no, no worries. <laughs> so basically, after that point, we kind of start leading into this uh, Washington D.C. run. I mean, we see that like Daryl eventually he's on his bike. He runs into um, Jerry on the bridge, and um, and it seems like they have points, like they have uh, different sort of points where they're like sweeping. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, later I on, we, we later on see that they have like established routes, also like Route A versus Route B versus Route C versus Route D. I think. I think yes, that's right. Like, a through D. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like A through D. I was, I was going to write that down, but I didn't bother. <laughs> well, there you go. Because I knew you'd have it. <laughs> Pages. So basically, um, you know, we end up seeing that, you know, our group is, is basically doing a run. And this is the other thing that I have to say that I really liked about this episode. Shipping Jesus fact. and Aaron? <laughs> Sorry. Well, that is happening. So I'm just Yay! telling you right now, it's happening, you know. It happened in the comics and it's clearly happening here. Oh, it so, did happen in the comics? Yeah. Bro, oh, yeah. Oh, I totally forgot. I mean, it's, it's been a while, Carol. It's been I know. It's been, it's, been, it's been six months since this show's been on, you know. Oh, man. I haven't, I haven't put on my like nerd glasses in a while to be able to be like well I'm dude I didn't realize it was six months yeah it's like six months 16 episodes at least three months oh no actually that seems right four yeah. times four is yeah six months yeah and then whatever yeah you're right wow okay sorry go on so no 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 I was um I was saying the thing that I really liked about this episode <laughs> and I kind of came to the forefront in this particular scene when our crew is in Washington DC proper is the fact that like I love that in this episode we saw almost every single one of our characters and we didn't have to segment the episode the way they've done in the past where it's like this oh, episode yeah. we're focusing on Tara and this this first this episode we're focused on this if you think about it we saw pretty much every single character except Negan which makes sense because obviously he's in his cell it's a different sort of you know dynamic altogether but otherwise we pretty much saw every single character. Yeah, by way of like just As motion. A, by way of just motion, and it was all even sequest. Rosita. Was, <laughs> that's what I mean. Everybody, Eugene, Rosita, Father Gabriel, Jadis, every, like everybody. You even Oceanside people, for goodness' sake. That's I mean, right. you basically saw everybody in some way, shape, or form. But it wasn't done in a way that was forcing it down your throat. It wasn't done in a way that felt ad hoc. It felt very seamless and natural in the way it was presented. Everybody was doing their role as they are in this new beginning, this new world. And we got a chance to see it. 
and how it all comes together. And I thought that was very, it was executed very, very well and very effectively. And yeah. I really like that. So yeah. it was awesome. It, it was very well done. And, and so it, then it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that like the core. So you got the core group going to DC, first of all, which, but the, it was, but it wasn't even just the core group. It was even bigger than that because oh, Jade yeah, is, for well, sure. maybe I should call her Anne. She yeah. Is Cause Rick's calling her Anne. <sighs> sexist she is well that's what she that's what she wants to refer to now by the way i thought it was very cool that we found out that Anne was a teacher yes yes the apocalypse i thought that was a cool little thing i was like oh, well maybe, maybe you could clear this up for me too because mm-hmm. was she a teacher at the museum or was she a teacher who brought her children to the museum i got the impression that she was a teacher that brought her students to the museum okay okay that's, that's what i got from her um her dialogue yeah because she's speaking in that okay so <laughs> she's speaking in that like kind of southern accent which is pretty accurate kind of to Georgia that general southern region I have to say compared to Rick by the way which is not at all kind of southern <laughs> almost um, Rick is like yeah he's like more Texas than he is like south like st- there's know. Texas there's southwest you know mm-hmm. and then there's east te- Texas versus west Texas so that's yeah. and that's a whole other thing but he's supposed to be from Georgia he's supposed to have kind of like a specific Georgian accent so um but Jada's kind of does pull it off easily I just can't yeah it's like now that she's speaking natural well hold on let me roll it back now that she's speaking English English. <laughs> it's like the accent kind of throws me off a little bit. You're like, oh wow. I'm like, oh oh, there's a speaking voice there. She knows that I speak English. That's that's Go interesting. Figure. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you remember all those nights we were just like really just frustrated, like raging at the the heapsters? I I yeah, I just. It's, I, but it was like I love to hate them that I was just like what the hell is this crap it's like, like this, this wild card of a, of a group yeah well it was such a wild card and it was one of those like um, I don't know how to phrase it but it's just one of those situations where it's like you just wish I, I kept hoping that somebody would just sort of like state the obvious and be like Rick would talk to his group back in Alexandria and somebody just say like these people man like kind of fucking weird right like you what know the they tits, talk guys. like what do they, do they talk like you know what the hell with the, with the, the name and the Jadis and the Tamiel. It's like, you know, they're all, it was, yeah, it was one of those things that I would, I would have loved for somebody just to state the obvious and be like, what, what the hell, you know? But <laughs> I mean, so that was that kind of thing. It's like one of those things that you love to hate because every time they would come on, it's like, I would roll my eyes like, oh God, freaking garbage people. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, every time you'd see a scene where like, it just shows the heaps, you're like, oh, this again. I'm going to have to put up with this. It's like, here we go, this again. It's like, fight you, I will. Like, just some sort of, like, ridiculous. Or just, like, fight. That's that's all they would say. Like, well, fight who? It was all Yoda speak. All of it. (laughs) Fight you, I will. (laughs) It was all just Yoda talk. I would settle for that, but it wasn't even that. (laughs) It's like, what are we dealing with here? Uh, anyway, yes. See, the thing is, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. But <laughs> okay, we're just—we have this PTSD. We just need to work it out, we and then we can move on. It. So I'm happy that Anne is now sort of like, okay, she's a normal person. She used to be a teacher. She used to bring her students here. But basically, so the, the Washington D.C. run really, first of all, before they even get into the museum, so much fun to see like Washington D.C. proper. Oh finally, yeah, to actually well, see you know, the Capitol in the background, the Washington Monument all decayed. But you know that what i was waiting for because you texted me like when it happened absolutely like, finally freaking zombie senator in suit and tie like knock this guy out right now oh and better then- yet you, you know what would be you know it'd feel even more satisfying Mm-hmm. I think that was either a um, a zombie clerk or zombie. Is it a clerk? No, clerk is for judges. A zombie. So my 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 instinct is that it's a zombie lobbyist. 
Okay. Right. Yeah, he did look. He did look more like a lobbyist than like yeah. a senator. You're right. Exactly. You are right. Yeah. Or like an intern for a lobbyist. That makes more sense because the suit was kind of cheaper. You yeah, know? I don't have that kind of hate for lobbyists or anything. Like I have that. tremendous hate for lobbyists because really? they're because for- most of them are former politicians. Um. Yeah. That's I- now. Now they are. Yeah. It didn't always I- used to be that way. I hear you. But I would have loved to have seen some more like senators just get annihilated. Well, they're more representatives, so there's more fodder. Yeah, <laughs> you could throw at this. Hey, man, yeah. I want to see more of that. But do you think they're going to go to DC even again? I mean, that must have been I, a CG production, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's maybe, maybe they won't shoot scenes exactly like that. But I tend to think that I think that they might, just because for me. I think that all this hinting of the helicopter, which obviously like came up last season, like Kevin to get seen this helicopter and it's now even in the opening credits, you know, the new opening credits is the helicopter. So in my, you know me, in my mind, I'm convinced that the helicopter is part of the Commonwealth that is in the comics. That's part of Georgie's oh, group. Yeah, yeah. And that is essentially like it's part of the background fact. of the new the key art. Yeah, yeah. It's a fraction of the the, gov- the Commonwealth is basically like a fraction of the government that sur- survived the apocalypse. And it's like a huge thriving community with like, you know, like actual community, like practically city state kind of thing. They've got like coffee shops, you know, like they're doing good, you know, and like basically, you know, to me, yeah, I would think that's something like, I mean, in the comic book, it's not in Washington, D.C. proper. It's more like in the Midwest. I think it's like in Ohio or something like that. But Anyway, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like it makes sense that it would be more Washington, D.C. based because, you know what I always said, in my mind, if shit hit the fan tomorrow, under Washington, D.C., the mother of all bunkers exists. I'm convinced of that. They probably have like a city-state underneath with like coffee shops and stadiums and all sorts of stuff, like in my mind. Well, yeah, yeah. You're just, your obsession with coffee and, which we got in Fear the Walking Dead, (laughs) by the way, was a low-rent version, but... It's no curing. Oh, it's no curing. <laughs> Listen, I'm getting, I, I might potentially be like stepping down from my curing. So, you know, it's not the end all be all. <laughs> well, no. No, we're growing up, you know. It's like it's not college. It's not post college anymore. Yeah, we're, we're grinding our own beans. Yeah, we're getting yeah S- sophisticated. It d- sophisticated. That seems like an Eddie purchase, though. Like what the Keurig? No, like well, previously, but now <laughs> it'd be like, hey, honey, let's Mr. let's coffee. grind our own beans, and let, oh, I have man. this machine that'll make the coffee straight. Oh, we'll grind the yeah. beans and then push out the coffee. He would be into something like that, but I purchased a Mister Coffee that was on clearance at the supermarket just because, like, for me and my mind. I'm so practical and logical based in the sense that like now we don't live this solitary life where it's just like the two of us it's like we always have like not always but a lot of times it's like we have people over and people visit and whatever and so a Keurig is not the most efficient use when it's like one cup at a time it's like okay here's a cup next here's a cup next it's just easier to just make a pot of coffee and just pour some in each cup you know what I mean instead of like yeah it's Keurig is nice when it's like two people but once you're like at four or six people then it starts becoming like okay this is a little little cumbersome yeah you can't you can't serve a whole bunch of like you could but you'd be like yeah it's kind of a pain yeah, exactly. It's did, did I ever mention like what I, I I had not? It was like 2005, and it was the first time I've I, I've never heard a Keurig before. And I'm working in this uh-huh. office, right? Mm-hmm. And our company had re- rented out a desk as a part of this other guy's office, and so uh-huh. I'm working there. And every few minutes, I'm hearing in the back this thing that sounds like like this. It sounds exactly like this. 
and it sounds like somebody's really sick trying oh to blow God. their nose. Ugh. And I'm like, I'm like, y- you know, when you feel like you feel bad for someone, but they're all. It's also like the noise is just so obnoxious. So you're caught in this place where you feel bad about feeling bad, like feeling like horrible about somebody else. Like, uh-huh. God, I wish they'd stop like blowing their nose in the back room. And then you find out it's a coffee maker. I'm like. What kind of sorcery is this? <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? Sorcery. A, a coffee, <laughs> a coffee machine that sounds like snot. Like, oh, that's not appealing. Thing. That is not appealing. No, and and but like now it's like normal life. <laughs> so it doesn't oh, quite sound as nose blowy anymore, but still. Oh, I have to warn you. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. Because my computer is frozen. Now, just to let Uh-oh. everybody know on Instagram, which, by the way, we're going to lose the archive for that now. So anybody who's listening live on Instagram, uh, there's no, there's not going to be an archive of this. So I in the dark, you're in a rare position to um, benefit from this right now <laughs> since we're live. And I feel like the stream is, by the way, it's going to cut out at any minute because I started the Facebook stream live and that seems to be the only thing that has a countdown. Um, so bummer. We can't do that again. <laughs> Da, 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 da. But guess what? I can't even look at my notes. I, I literally have to like open up my phone. I have to go to Google Keep. I started keeping my Keep Notes in the Squawking Dead account now. I just just for this one so far. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Ah, oh, so good. So sorry I had to do that. Um, but yeah, why were we talking about a cure? Oh, because of Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Started getting the snot the first time. Okay. Oh, anyway. God. <sighs> so, so good. By the way, so I want I want to say something else about um, the Washington D.C. run is um, the throwback to the season to the pilot walking into Atlanta. It just kind of gave me that old vibe of being on the horse and you know all of that. It's it's it was uh, kind of gave me those old vibes. I would say. Yeah, well, the, of of Rick, you know, walking in Atlanta, but uh-huh. like this time he's like with people. It's great. Yeah, yeah, and much more secure and strong than before. Where it was and like, safe. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, what the hell am I walking into? You know? Yeah. So one thing I wanted to insert before we continue was that was that you really do start to notice what Greg Nicotero was saying in Talking Dead. And I, it's like the one thing I remembered that I didn't need to take notes on because as I was watching, I was like noticing it. Uh-huh. Is that he mentions that the walkers, these like individual walkers that show up in the show, they're mm-hmm. not like throwaways. They're like each one is individual. They each have a little quirk about them. They each die uh-huh. in a different way. And I thought that was kind of noteworthy. So when you watch the episode and you're like, oh, this is kind of of cool like this one's head gets chopped off uh this one has that big mouth agape thing as they're riding down washington dc and then you know obviously mm-hmm. the spider walker and the scarecrow from the beginning the intro the creepy intro to the museum as they walk in that little freak show kind of like the hands go above the counter and it's shaking mm-hmm. and it's trying to yeah, pick itself yeah, up yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just so like there's these little so it's not only that the in, the individual walkers that have some emphasis but then there's also like this these like horror elements like mm-hmm. They bring like a horror element, like a little exaggeration to the walkers that are kind of, you know, that kind of draws you into that kind of, it makes you scared of them again. Yeah. Which is, which is something they need to keep doing, doing every once in a while to kind of sure. make you understand how rough this is. I think that's what, and, and it's something that we said in season eight, by the way, is that, and, mm. and Carl's death really brought us back down to earth when we realized at any point your number could get punched, you know, your ticket could mm-hmm. get punched and, and, and Carl's death is a huge 
huge reminder of that is that who is the enemy you know who's who's ultimately yeah. who is who's against who in the end and so when you introduce these little like kind of horror elements there's that kind of um, there's like an entertainment factor sure right because that's mm-hmm. kind of cool but then it also kind of reminds you oh wait these guys are still dangerous even though these guys are confident they're they're dangerous and they'll show mm-hmm. you why you know and you see why in the episode too yeah but yeah and and if as long as you're gonna do it do it in a cool way right yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah yes so you mentioned Jadis and the seeds you mentioned well, going in reminding you well, of a western well they went into the museum and I think the idea was that it was supposed to be the museum of natural history I think that was supposed to be the idea and they DC? Did it at the, yeah I think so they, they filmed it at the Georgia Capitol and this is what they talked about yes. on Talking Dead which yes. I thought was really interesting but they filmed there and I thought the funniest part was that they met oh, was it the governor of Georgia I think it was that they met him oh there yeah. and um, when you said governor and stopped right there I was just like I know what? the governor David no, Morrissey um, what where's it going What's going on here? So Norman Reedus, I think, was talking about how like they compared knives because they he, they had created this cool new like melee sort of weapons for him, which we'll get to later. And um, oh yeah, so that's he, true. Uh, Accessorizing yeah. some more in the apocalypse. Yeah. So he like <laughs> there was a picture of them together, and he has like the governor has his little like uh, like Swiss Army knife or whatever. You keep saying that <laughs> on the keychain. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is, but he um he has this little like Swiss Army knife, you know, on a mm-hmm. keychain, and and Daryl has this humongous like blade well, normal latest, but like yeah, as Daryl exactly. and so um, they asked him like how in the world were you able to be so close to him with like such a huge weapon you know and without secret, secret service like, getting triggered or what and he was like well there was like a ton of security and he's like <laughs> When I did have it out, they there was that initial sort of like, you know, stirring of like, you know, he's like, but then they kind of relax because it's like, you know, this is Georgia. It's like, whatever. I was like, that's true, dude. <laughs> it's, that's true. It's not like it's the mayor of Georgia. It's like the governor. It's like the whole state. It's like, it's like the whole state. Is I'm aware of what my state sounds like. <laughs> armed to the teeth. So yeah. like, let's be real here. Concealed you know? carry. <laughs> <laughs> open care actually I'm not sure about the, about the I don't I don't know about those. the laws in Georgia but they definitely carry whether it's concealed or open they carry so yeah. I'm just <laughs> saying bottles or guns yeah concealed or yeah. open yeah <laughs> containers I don't know man I don't know Uh-oh. but they we find out they go into the museum and we find out that they each have their marching orders and yes. we find out that they kind of went in already in mind for various things and basically my list had seeds canoes wagon plow so it's basically a yeah. mixture of agricultural tools and vehicles yes so that's right that's basically- oh, and by the way that little nod in the beginning you see this little glance that that Anne gives to one of the banners the fine art music fine art exhibit mm, it kind of yes. connects with who she was yeah yeah you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I managed to catch it in the second watch. I was like, oh, interesting. They, they're doing that. Nice. That's a good point. Yeah. And then um, I like the little details that we notice in the museum because there's a lot of little details. And, you know, the walkers underneath that sort of glass trellis floor. Oh, you yeah. see them there in an area that's labeled the Manifest Destiny area. Which oh, is that what they call right. it? Yeah. There's a big sign down there that says Manifest Destiny, which, oh. is, uh, which is super appropriate. Super appropriate. That is like really appropriate. I didn't even see that. Area. That yeah. is so so like prescient uh-huh. about what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, exactly. that gives me chills. By the way, that's it crazy. In the, it was in the manifest area, manifest destiny area of the museum. Oh my god, that means so much for what's going on pol- yeah. politically speaking. Of course, Go wow. Yeah. Good call, good catch. Oh, yeah. I love. I'm telling you, it was great. Clap, clap. clap. Thank I, you. Now I don't know if anybody. I don't know if the Instagram. Well, I could find out the Instagram uh, thing cut out. But what I wanted to do because somebody because uh, I in the dark had asked about this uh, was. 
right before we even get into any of that, um, we need to talk about the title sequence because I need ah, to know. I need yes. to know, Carol. All with all your talk about oh my god about um, <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead. Now they didn't break. No, I w- they, they didn't, didn't break, break with the music. They didn't break with the music, and that's basically the most important yeah, part. I, I don't mind. I don't mind them changing the sequence because of the fact that they've they've changed the sequence before, albeit slightly, not as like as much of a difference here. You know what I mean? Like right. in in past seasons, like they've tweaked it and changed it to kind of add new things. Like I mean, they had when they added Jeffrey Dean Morgan as like Negan. You know, there's a part in the sequence that has like a, a, a oven and then there's like a rod or something. You know, so it's like. Yeah, so they, they definitely have, like, added things in to kind of represent, you know, certain characters or, or whatever. This one is a full departure, just, like, with a totally different sequence altogether. But I, I really liked it because I think it's, you know, it goes along with the whole idea. This is a new beginning, you know. A new beginning, yes, but obviously with still respecting the core of what this is about, which is... You know, mm. an ongoing story of survival. Yeah, exactly. And it's more reflective of... First of all, because I mean, I feel... I think you would agree that the title sequences in the last eight seasons kind of more reflected on the core, core, core group, more right. or less, right? Yes. It leads to like images from them and their families and whatnot and their past, like mostly mm-hmm. Rick, huh, mm-hmm. which is... And, and they needed to kind of tweak that so that it was more broad. It was more about some of the other new, more... Uh, and, and increasingly beloved characters of the of the walking dead mm-hmm. you, you start mm-hmm. to notice yeah so, but I, I loved it too i really 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 did love it i mean it's one of the, it's one of those things that when you make a change and it's kind of a little old little new mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it breathes like a little bit more it, it's kind of like a dusting off it's yeah. it's like oh okay let's change the visuals just a bit you know keep yeah. the music change the visuals because yeah. if they would have changed the music i think that would put off people i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what would they change it to too so right, exactly yeah this is it this is the one bear mccreary did a good job with that intro and it's just yeah timeless yeah like you said timeless it sticks it with is. you it sticks with you it does I, and you hear it and it automatically resonates I th- you know what I think it, I think fear's mistake w- was right from the beginning like <laughs> they picked something that I don't think would have been consistent considering I don't think it took into account, into account where the story was going to end up going ultimately mm-hmm. which is why they had to ditch it as soon as possible ditch the opening uh, the title sequence because yeah. I think I think even by the third season they kind of did away with it completely they didn't they didn't really do it mm-hmm. you know they didn't have a title sequence as much they did away with mo- most of the time if I'm not mistaken so by the time the fourth season rolled around uh, rolled about rolled about anyway <laughs> by the way we're not live on Instagram anymore so you know and we don't have an archive so we can't go back to it can't go back <laughs> Wah, wah, exactly. I don't even know if we're streaming on YouTube or Facebook, too. So I think that's that's over and done with. <laughs> so we're, we're just doing this for the recording right now. But, um... Uh, but yeah, it's so you know. I don't think it's I don't think it's fear's fault necessarily. It's something that you'd have to get right from the first shot, and that's a lot of pressure, especially yeah. when you consider how wild a journey they've gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they've crossed several states, that was countries technically, yeah. and then well, meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, our our Walking Dead crew has kind of been... They haven't made too much progress. They haven't really made any progress. It's really crazy. I remember (laughs) when... Morgan um, running across state lines. I know. (laughs) On foot. Like, I remember when... um, 
<laughs> like I remember when um, what was it? I think it was maybe it was season five. And it might have been with Beth. And I remember when um, she was captured by the the Grady Hospital people or whatever. Right. And they decided, okay, we got to go over there. And it's in you know, but Grady Hospital's in Atlanta, so we have to just kind of head over there. And I was just like, wait a second, we're still this close to Atlanta? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was e- like, exactly. I was like, really? We haven't made that much progress, have we? <laughs> Five no. seasons. We're still around Atlanta, whatever. So finally, when we at least went to Virginia, I'm like, all right, well, hey, at least we're in a different state now. You know? Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Like, it's like we got through, you know, Georgia, North and South Carolina. All right, Virginia. Okay, that's progress. Three states. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like you, we, you finally get to Washington D.C. and then and, and Eugene is not even you know integral. <laughs> Like, all that fuss about him trying to go there. It's like, well, you're finally there. Oh, there's nothing here? Okay, good. Done. Uh, well, until he gets a hold of that ham radio, mark my words, that'll happen. I'm hoping so. I, at this stage, I, I just mean, I well, you know, I don't I don't know when it's going to happen, but eh, maybe sooner than we think, right? Mm-hmm. I know, No, it's things might move faster than we think, yeah. honestly. I mean, yeah. considering what happened at the end of this episode, I think things are that escalate. moved faster. <laughs> That things escalated for me in this episode faster than I thought they would. I was pleased that they did, but I did not. I did not think that they would. So well, that's that's the thing about the show and what they're what they're trying to do is that they not only are they establishing um, like physical location, they they managed to through the through camera movements and and keeping certain people together as they move through different communities. They're establishing um, where they are, what they're about, but they're also along the way they're sprinkling in what's been going on with them for the past year and a half, eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the time mm-hmm. jump and and so you're getting all that too you're getting you're getting a little bit of that and and you're getting the sense that things have been good but what you also start to notice is that you're is that though things have been pretty good there's this undercurrent that's kind of rising this 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 niggling feeling and that's uh, of politics that we'll get into but that that's slowly rising like the like deep-seated resentments that people have had to live with over time and it's just bubbling up until mm-hmm. it's like until it becomes a problem they're fine but it's becoming a problem and it's becoming a problem quickly yeah yeah so um but that actually kind of brings me to this next point mm-hmm. which is it kind of brings us into this room because you see these guys walk into the room it's all of them together yes uh the manifest destiny floor and all that stuff yeah and I, st- I noticed really quickly how many people like are in this room. It's like it's almost like they're trying to reestablish like this new core group of people that that are here. That they it's kind of like what we were saying before about like establishing who what these people are about and the kind of strong unity that they have now. Like they're all together. They're all for one, one for all. You know, they're they're all working in sync and everything like that. And I, I couldn't help but think that you can already tell the writings on the wall. Like you need this moment of everybody cooperating together being. A strong single unit because you know as the and and in the in the framework of a conflict you know what i mean mm-hmm. like a, like a problem they need to solve like getting this wagon down from the stairs mm-hmm. and so and so you, you have this like like pro- like um not problem solving but like a uh, team building almost mm-hmm. but like but it's for you it's for you to know how strong these people have been together like mm-hmm. as, as the audience yeah so, so I, I feel like they're setting the stage for like okay this is how strong they are now <laughs> and when things get crazy you'll start to see like this so this is like the starting point and you'll see how bad it gets <laughs> so, so that's 
But, and so that's why they're doing that because they want you. They want you to have like a, a frame of reference of how of how striking it is when things start to fall apart. You know, like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you could see things fall apart and you'd be like, oh, that's the world. But like, no, 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 that's not their world. They've been safe. They've been happy. You know, they've been fed. They've been working. Their community. They're a tight unit. Every, mm-hmm. It's kind of like what what Rick has been saying throughout the episode is like he's refusing to see that there are these undercurrents, that there are these divisions. You know. Yeah. And so he yeah. kind of sees what we see yes but then we also see the other part and rick's not seeing that part it's really clever really goddamn clever yeah how they be they're able to do all this stuff at once like Mm -hmm. showing Mm -hmm. people dropping hints sprinkling in the past establishing unity etc and then you know and already seeing that there are divisions and problems yeah you know we can see that so i don't know i I just love it i love how they did this the more i think about it the more i love it yeah no absolutely yeah Yeah, i'm gonna skip the spider walker because it's kind of like i I just love the horror element of it yeah i know that was awesome oh my god and and especially having it happen to avi nash too like it's just one of the you need to see him more i know that this is what i mean we saw everybody yeah everybody got a taste everybody Mm -mm -mm. it's like open that 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 Godiva mixed chocolate set and you're like "Mm, what do I try now oh he's right here yeah (laughs) Avi Nash Mm -mm -mm. tastes delicious oh my god (laughs) (laughs) sorry I was just excited about Avi Nash (laughs) oh god Okay, I'm in it. I'm good. I'm good. You're clearly in it. I'm good. Uh, the other thing I noticed in terms of little details there, since we, it, it's a point that I have written right after I wrote Spider Walker. Oh, <laughs> I literally oh, have no. that written in my notebook. Spider Walker. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> But it was so good, though, wasn't it? it? It was very well done, but so it was like, a creep oh, show. God, you know that that's my biggest fear, right? Really, spiders? I've learned no, to... not not spiders, bugs specific. Not not coming so much... out of people. Not coming out of people. Like I actually think that spiders are quite beautiful. Like I, I find them like a very elegant bug, especially like black widows and like those kind mm. of like spirit kind of um, spiders. Daddy long legs. Yeah, I think they're very beautiful, like creatures and spider webs and everything in general, because you know it warms my cold dark heart but (laughs) 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 so appropriate for the time of year it is um but i hate hate uh cockroaches Uh cockroaches will make me crawl into a fetal position on the floor and cry and it has happened because eddie like it even came up when we were watching because he fell asleep at some point during the episode because like i said he's an early to bed person but he did see that part Mm -hmm. he was like oh he remembered a practical joke he played on me years ago Mm -hmm. for like halloween where he bought like some like fake kind of like water bugs or whatever that looked very realistic. Oh, no. And I don't know where he put them or whatever, but I remember that I damn near, like I cried when I saw those things. Like oh, I was so freaked out. He thought it was hilarious. Not <laughs> no. at all. And there was another time that this one, we were still in New York and I think I was still living in the city at the time. Was this the first time or the second time? Because you should have learned the first time. <laughs> No, this the the joke was the second time because I think we were already living out um out in our house, you know, outside oh. the city at that point. But this other situation was when I think I was still living in the city, so I don't think we were married yet. I think we were dating, and we went to take the subway, and I think we were on Fourteenth Street and Eighth Avenue, you know, like the AC line over mm-hmm. there, and so. We were on yeah. the platform and I think it was raining heavily. And when it rains, critters try to go away from the rain or whatever. So all of a sudden... I think they just follow the water, like, but yeah. Ugh. All of a sudden from like some sort of like... I don't know if it was like a sewer gap or... So, I don't know what it was. So but the all floor? Of a sudden, all 
these, yeah, all these like freaking giant roaches start like crawling around on like the platform floor. I was like, I almost lost my shit. And then luckily, like the train was coming into the station, especially because then one of those little buggers flew onto a woman's leg and she nearly lost her damn mind. And that's when I would lose my mind. When that train came into the station, I would have, I almost was at the point of getting superpower strength and I was going to pry those doors open if it didn't open like immediately I was and I never forgot that because I was like I like Eddie asked me he's like what would you have done if that flew on you I was like I probably would have fallen onto the tracks (laughs) (laughs) that's what I was thinking as you were regaling regaling us with this tale because it's kind of like oh that's it's all over for me (laughs) if they start flying I start flying oh no if they can grow wings I grow wings (laughs) no so that spider walker was nothing I mean not that it was nothing but I'm just saying it was like I I can appreciate that I mean I was like whoa but I was like yeah that's oh god the way the flashlight by the way was like yeah like well, he was just like freaking out and it was just flashing well, on his face oh yeah god. well done well done greg well nicotero done. must be having like a field day too because it's just kind of like it's his wheelhouse you know it's his wheelhouse man you know what i wish i could hang out with greg nicotero greg nicotero strikes me as like that cool uncle that still goes goes to like guns and roses concerts and stuff like you know he's, I mean? he's so cool he's kind of like your dad's best friend exactly that's like less your uncle because that's too familial yeah that's true but then he hangs out with you when but, you get you know older what, but you know what i'm saying yeah like i understand what you mean it's like your own your dad's friend it's like oh yeah uncle but you know you call them uncle yeah you know what yeah. i'm saying like it's like that kind of relationship I hey, just uncle think greg yeah you know <laughs> uh so oh. good so good thank you greg but what, I, but what i wrote after that is um i like the little moment between Anne and father gabriel yes the, the, the de-evolution of man i was like i like that intelligent like that. design <laughs> he's it's yeah. a joke it's so good I, I liked it very much. I also liked, and Eddie pointed this out, the the, the man of uh, of religion commentarying on evolution. Oh, that's what makes it so funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Man of the cloth. Yeah, because he's kind of, he's like a grounded dude. Like he's, he gets it. Like he, he sees yeah. the evolution. He's kind of like, in a way, it's like, you can look at it both ways. He's like, you, it, it's knocking, knocking evolution a little, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also kind of like, you could easily say that it's just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, so this is what intelligent design is. We made it mm-hmm. all the way here to get to there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I just like that moment. Yeah, I want more of that. I want more of that, Gabriel. We had too much of the other Gabriel. Yeah. It was good, but it was just kind of like, oh, no mas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I like that they bonded. I want to see more of them together, too. I did. I like that. I like that a lot. I was a oh. big fan. So yeah, what, what was your take on the whole scene with Cindy and and uh, Daryl? Like the thing okay, about the I boat. wrote it. I, I wrote it on my my notebook right here. I said Daryl speaks exclamation point. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's part of it for me. That was like huge to me. Like he, I mean, first of all, it wasn't like a grunt. It was a sentence. It was like you all right. I was like, oh my god, you all right? It's a sentence. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, right yeah, there. I was fragment, like, but to say. But I was like, whoa, you know, and yeah. I, I appreciate that right there showed me, okay, we're doing things differently. I was like, Daryl's going to be getting some, some lines, some serious lines. And he talked about his brother, you know, he, he kind of like harkened back to like his brother and stuff. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I like this, Daryl. like it, this. And they fleshed his, I mean, in, in the most meager way, but they fleshed out his backstory just a little bit, just enough mm-hmm. to say he had friends. They did intervene, that sort of thing. Because we, I mean, it, it's an observation that we made about the comparison between fear and, and the walking dead is that we know more about the fear characters and we don't really know anything about um the walking dead characters at all like mm-hmm. even to po- even to the point where we 
we meet up with Negan and we still we don't there was potential to find out something more about him and it's almost as if they the any of the showrunners were, were kind of like that's not important what's important is now the recent history right. which right. is fine if you want to continue with that that's fine and I don't mind that at all I, I think we yeah. learned really quickly how unimportant that is technically yeah as much as people wanted it mm-hmm. it's yeah. a continuing theme you know mm-hmm. but the thing that I, I noticed I, I noticed a little bit about this about the scene that's by, which as amazing as Daryl speaking is and, and I wrote that down too was that we're starting to see that people have moved a little bit beyond surviving and now because of they have this the security and they have you know time on their hands they have duties but they, it's not about like every day is another danger or every day somebody's on guard and night shift and duty there's a lot of people around now so people mm-hmm. are covering things you know there's less overlap I mean there's that sorry there's more overlap people can do more you know, more people to do more things so it's kind of like they're they're starting to get used to peace and when you do that you start to realize oh I can now afford to think about you know my brother not making it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know my brother on the canoe so it's like you're starting to see people um i don't know, like li- like living their traumas like their things are starting to come out you know they're starting to think about things and mm-hmm. people who are surviving don't think about things mm-hmm, or stuff mm-hmm. and things right <laughs> so i think that and that's important i think because you're you do start to see that in certain places in the episode you start to see people you know thinking about you know political moves and and putting the needs of certain people above the others and and this right. like struggle between survival and like what happens when you get complacent and right. you realize this world it, you forget that this world is the dangers are all everywhere yeah. and then you start yeah. to really think about things so yeah it, it, again sprinklings of like ideas that are floating around in this universe it's, mm-hmm. it's just really cool really yeah. really cool I'm a fan oh yeah so then you mentioned the seeds in the doomsday vault basically yes. without even knowing it we found out that there was an election at a hilltop because we see Maggie Michonne and and Carol. Yep, my, sprinkling my, in time. My queens of the apocalypse together. <laughs> and um, so we find out that Carol's with Ezekiel. Um, Michonne is, is is fine. And, and Maggie won the election at Hilltop. And that Gregory seems to be being cordial, which is weird to her, which we find out more about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, we see that Michonne notices a sign that says, a more perfect union. And yeah. I feel that that is our theme <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. A more perfect union. Right. And how that is seeming impossible. <laughs> but it's like you have all these like ideas floating around and, and you know, who's willing to unite, you know, who who's willing to cooperate and who's willing to not. And how is that mm-hmm. going to, it seems like that's going to tear everybody apart. At least it yeah. seems that way. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Michonne has got her eye on the prize and she's still kind of hanging on to like, she's like getting yeah. ideas. Like, and, and that's the one thing I wanted to talk about also is kind of like, do you think that, you know, as you, as the episode closes, you, you start to realize, do you think this may, should have, may have come sooner, this idea right. of a charter? Because maybe we wouldn't have gotten to this point. Yeah, I mean, perhaps you wouldn't have gotten to this point. I mean, I try to think. I, I tried to think about like the situation if it was um, in respect to like actual history, like what's happened after World War Two or, or World War One, that kind of thing. Um, or the Revolutionary War, even. Or the Revolutionary War, just just anything like that. And I think that that is the, the yeah. I, I think that they probably would have benefited from having some sort of charter. They probably were so focused on the rebuild aspect that yeah. that kind of took precedence over everything um especially in dire circumstances like this where you're just trying to like survive 
excuse me. But I think that, yeah, it probably could have benefited from not getting to this point because, I mean, the way I think about it, and, and we'll see it later when they actually go into the sanctuary and the graffiti on the wall and, and whatever. Yeah. You know, a lot of that kind of discontent, you know, I, I think about it sometimes with World War II where, you know, people always wonder, well, some, how does somebody like Hitler come into power? And it's like, you know, Germany was still reeling from the First World War and they were not the superpower that they obviously are today. And, you know, when you're in need and somebody comes into power and says, hey, you know, I'm going to provide you this and I'm going to give you this and I'm going to make this country great again or whatever. No, oh. pun, in, no, no, no pun intended. That was not intended. I feel like I've heard that before. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, think Moving about along. That for a moment. <laughs> Not to sit on my like get on my soapbox or anything, but get in my little open mic. <laughs> yeah. But this is how these crazies get into power, you know? Yeah. It's like situations like that. So which is probably the opening that Negan got to be able to get into power, you know? Yeah, vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since you realize that, you know, the sanctuary is not a fruitful location. So yeah, yeah. you know, they, they struggle. So in that sense, um, Rick is kind of right about one thing is that like, yeah, they're just hungry. You know, if, if everything hungry. was great, yeah. they wouldn't have a problem. No, exactly. They're just hungry. Yeah. I agree with that. By the way, that that makes me think of another thing, which is kind of like, and it's something that I've been thinking about on a personal level, and that's forgetting about what ends up happening. But somebody once told me whether or not you would rather have, what would you rather have? And you can answer the question, and we can answer the question in the context of the show, but it would you rather have a politician that there's a occasional corruption, but things get done? Or would you rather have complete honesty and nothing gets done? Mm-hmm. And, and I really, I, I answered too quickly, and then I had to kind of back Backtrack, like, because you know what, what you feel the obvious answer should be, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you start thinking. So, I mean, I asked, I ask you this one, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go into why I, I asked it. <sighs> That's a tough one. I mean, I personally rather know. I, I'd, I'd prefer the honesty. Right, right. Okay. I Me mean, personally. But nothing gets done. But at least I know. And then I I at least know what I need to do. Because hmm. I hate, from my perspective, I hate feeling that I can rely on somebody. And and, it's, and in reality, I can't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to sell me the world. And in reality, like, they're not going to be able to commit to giving me that. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. It's, so, it, so meaning like that, that like, what? Well, so there's corruption and there's false promises, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Let's say it's like a campaign promise versus like what happens in reality. But but mm-hmm. it, let's say that person made a false campaign promise, but then is completely transparent, is not corrupt, and blah blah blah. But they just can't seem to get anything done. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, one way or the other. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a tough I, one. That's and, tough. and the reason why I bring it up, and that's fine. That's a big philosoph- That's that's a philosophical question because it, the reality is it's not really an either or situation. It's that's not how we how the life works in terms of politics. But anyway, the reason why I asked that is because when you think about it, would Hilltop have been better off? This is this is going to sound bad, but would Hilltop have been better off with Gregory leading, but Maggie kind of sweeping up behind him, kind of like making things happen? I asked that because of okay. things that happen, but also kind of like well. 
in a way when you it's like the devil you know in a weird way not like in the kind of like um in the kind of way that like okay i know what i'm getting but as long as maggie's around to kind of wrangle him mm-hmm. uh, i think i'm okay with that you know like mm-hmm. he can say it's kind of like having um it's like the queen of england when you think about it mm-hmm. like like she mm-hmm. doesn't really do anything and people know that she doesn't really do anything and they know that their taxes go into this pageantry and whatnot mm-hmm. but they really know that kind of, of congress really or it's not the parliament really mm-hmm. takes care of all that stuff yeah so it made me really think about like would they have been better off and now that we know mm-hmm. where things are kind of going and how that affects the entire show mm-hmm. going forward because it really is a springboard what ends up happening right but i often wonder and like what do, what do you think about that just, just me throwing that out there i wonder what if they would have been better off with gregory at the home mm, yeah yeah but w- considering that like maggie would end up sweeping up behind him and putting him in line and all that stuff i don't know i i was very pleased at the outcome not because i dislike xander berkeley because i think he's awesome just like i thought stephen off was awesome but <laughs> pardon me I, I think what occurred i mean i the whole sequence of everything that happens with gregory is is very well done and for yeah. me illustrates very clearly Maggie's uh, strength and, and stance. And we'll get into it more later in terms of like Maggie's approach to things versus Rick's approach to things. And what does that say about their styles of governing? Mm, um, yeah, exactly. In, in general and their approach to how they view society. Um, well, and how they kind some- of react to having power too, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I mentioned it in in the blog post and, you know, we'll talk about it when it happens. But I mean, look, Negan killed Abraham and Glenn and numerous other people and was essentially given life in prison by uh, Rick. Right. Gregory attempts to murder um, Maggie Maggie in the first, say murder in the first. (laughs) Through proxy. Right. Via, you know, the the blacksmith and then. Or conspiracy to commit murder or something. Conspiracy to commit murder and then murder in the first when he tries to kill her directly you know himself and and Maggie you know attempted murder yeah and and, you know which is different from Negan actually killing numerous people like he attempts to murder her and she swiftly publicly executes him and makes him an example that's right that's right I mean you know it's because that's the thing it's like there are many different ways that you could have executed him it's like but it was made to be an an example example. and then she says as much too at the end yeah exactly like yep very much by the way, that Which kind I of... I don't disagree with. Right, right. By the way. I mean... <laughs> But what you know what's funny is that I would I was looking at it and why at the time I was thinking like oh this only makes sense Maggie's right he's had he's lived far too long he's like he's been able to get by and he, Gregory says as much like I'm still here and it's like but it, that's a double-edged sword though it's like you're yeah. still here because wow. you managed to weasel and whittle your way through away and through things to be able to make it this far so mm-hmm. I mean all the credit in the world but the fact that you don't appreciate that you know like you don't appreciate appreciate how close you've been to dying or the fact i mean like there's just no comprehension of like and, and you could easily say that Gregory is talented, that he does, like he said to Simon, he says he does have the juice, you know, like he, oh, he knows how to talk, you know, to, to get get what he wants. So that uh-huh. could be. Uh-huh. But like, there's that extra factor of like, you don't know that this is, it's like you're completely unaware that you're living in cowboy times. This mm-hmm. isn't like a, a, a world where, in a world where there was no walkers, there's no apocalypse, Gregory could have gotten really far in life, really mm-hmm. far, like, because he knows the boundaries and mm-hmm. he can weave his way through them really expertly, getting his way to the top, gaining influence along the way. But Mm -hmm. in this kind of world where people don't really follow 
turn signals or stop mm. signs and yeah. sometimes they'll just flip on you mm-hmm. man he's lucky yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah and so but but getting back to the point though is that i was on board with you until michonne said something to the effect of like I, she says um i don't know if she says this outright in the, sh- in the episode or it's, it, like somewhere mm-hmm. down the line but she says something to the effect of like you basically you killed him without like due process I don't know. Did she say that in the episode? I, I don't know if she said it in the sneak peek or like. I think it was in the sneak peek. It might have been the sneak peek. Which is important. Because I think I think it's good to bring up because that really kind of snapped me back in place. It's kind of like, well, we what we just did to Gregory, we didn't even do to Negan. You know, like we. Well, that's that's the difference in in Rick and Maggie's styles of approaching things. Yeah. You, know, like you have a. I mean, look. I mean, this is jumping ahead, but I mean, even the conversation between Rick and Maggie when you know Rick's talking to Maggie about rebuilding oh sorry <laughs> rebuilding sleep patterns <laughs> oh, so sad about rebuilding but that bridge yeah about rebuilding the bridge and about food supplies labor that sort of thing and she's like look if my people want to help out i'm not going to stop them they need food they're going to have food for supplies i want all the gas i want you know them to be most of the labor and when rick tries to kind of implore her you know to be a little bit more um lenient she's sort of like why they lost the war you know <laughs> Well, they got they got to live <laughs> they got to, they basically it's like we let them live like that's already you know generous enough i was like damn exactly. maggie you know like maggie wasn't necessarily my favorite character but she kind of did comment by the <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what that's that's the thing that's what i she sold me i mean i'm sorry like i i in my heart of hearts i would like to be a rick but i know that i would be a maggie <laughs> <laughs> like I would like wow. to, I would like to be Rick and be that benevolent like socialist person that's gonna be like we need to like <laughs> utopianist for, kind of yeah care for everyone and meanwhile Maggie's like I got enough problems over here I can't solve their problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? And it, I was it, like, "Damn, you know what?" Oh, God. But it's like this archetype, though, right? It's yeah. you have these two people that are coming from completely different angles. You have the Rick part, which is kind of him really, really trying to live up to Carl and his vision, yeah. which I forgot. And then Gregory, uh, not Gregory, uh, Greg Nicotero. I think it was him that said this. That he kind of reminded us that oh, Rick's coming from that position of like it's it's the new world. This is the, the world that I that Carl wanted me to build. And you know, meanwhile, it's like Rick, you're you, it's like you're already here but you're not here you're not here here but not here um you know you're you're, you're like already there and you're, you're like post carl and and meanwhile we're still in the pre-carl stages you need to work son right right and part of that work is going to involve doing the hard work well, meanwhile maggie what's interesting about her is that you kind of saw this coming even before that scene at the end of season eight you did mm-hmm. kind of see hints of that that little authoritarianism like that little like take charge i gotta take care of my people you know and 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 this is something we mentioned on the ramp up is that we can tell that Hilltop has the goods. Hilltop mm-hmm. has the nuts. It's kind of like a poker term when you have mm-hmm. like the most chips, you get to make these ballsy decisions that you know are going to rub people off the table, run people off the table. You're going to make them go all in. And mm-hmm. she does that with Rick, like you're saying. You know, she has the nuts so she can be able to dictate the terms. What's interesting though is, and I think we might as well go into this because it just flows really well, is that when you see the sneak peek, what I was, so after the execution, uh, summary execution of Greg, 
history. Then you start to understand that um, in the sneak peek, Michonne tries to talk to Maggie, and she and Maggie insists on getting her way rather than cooperating. And what what I feel is going on here is that, and that's also why I brought up that question about Gregory. Like, do you think going, you know, maybe it would have been like in hindsight that having Gregory be in charge but Maggie keeping him in check, that sort of thing, maybe that would have been a better situation because Gregory can maneuver situations where maybe he can be a pushover today, but tomorrow he won't be. Or, you know, he'll be able to maneuver things so that everybody can more or less cooperate, even though the hilltop might at the end have the better position. You know, mm-hmm. they, they'll at least look good. You know, Gregory knows how to make himself and probably Hilltop by extension look good. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, what I feel is going on is that we'll start to see like Maggie turn into a better Gregory in a way. Mm-hmm. Like she'll make these moves, these strategic calculating moves. And it's kind of like a type of Gregory that's more effective, but more ruthless. So mm-hmm. like she turns into... Th- to the thing she hates. Yeah. And you could start to sort of see that and I think people around her are starting to see like Michonne gives her this like a double take. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, it's going to be like that now. Mm-hmm. So, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little worried. Like, you're like, I mean, I get it because if you have the skill and you have the nuts, use it, right? Yeah. But then what happens, right? So... Ooh, nervous, but excited. It's exciting to me. Look, it's a rough political climate out there right now. So, (laughs) like, if I can live vicariously through Maggie... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is by the way this is like going through the looking glass like okay be be careful what you this whole episode is be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. the whole episode this whole world is like rick be careful what you wish. daryl says as much but you yeah. you made it happen rick mm-hmm. yeah. it's like well all right Here you, you got it here you go well, it's like what if season nine was just a dream sequence <laughs> oh, my God. oh stop please don't <laughs> And I can't have any like it was all a dream. Like no, we're not. We're not going. We <laughs> no, better no. not. No, we're not. We're not. Carl's still dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't go through that ep- that epic drama again. Yeah, no, uh, like, oh my god, is he dying already? Jeez. Okay, so I'm going to make a, a executive decision. Uh-huh. The whole um, wagon scene, we can yeah. more or less skip that. Yeah, because that was just more like an action sequence, which was fine. It was a, it was a, it was tense. It's like you, you had know? to be there sequence. <laughs> Like yeah, you, you had to be, be there watching it. You had to be there. Basically, tension. It's tension. Ezekiel had a close call. He gets Carol kisses right. Ezekiel right away, Carol not even thinking. Can, exactly, exactly. And so you, it's all for that, for establishing the fact that Carol and Ezekiel are in love. Really, they are. Yes. Let's let's they, face they it, they are. are. They are. He even goes as much as to propose to her. On the horsey, outside. Yeah, what she said, it's not happening on a horse. By the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you get the impression that he's asked her to marry her a bunch of times already? Yes, yes. Kind of, sort yeah, of. Yeah, I do, I do. It's like, oh, he, he did it again. Like, but but here's the thing. When Carol, I know we're jumping around. Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when, <laughs> when Carol has that scene alone with Daryl, um, the only reason why it it may not have seemed that way, like that he, oh, he proposed again, um, is only because Daryl mentioned something that's pretty interesting, and that's it's that they're never together anymore. Like, Daryl's either full-time at Sanctuary, and Carol is with the kingdom, and and they're not they don't really get together and which something he says to Rick is that you know we're not you know are we together you know are we on the same team you know like mm-hmm. there is no us that's what he says yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and so it's emphasized when she, when he talks to Carol and so when when Carol brings it up it's kind of like he's hearing it for the first time it's like never mm-hmm. they didn't have a moment to really catch up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's kind of shocked by it it's like oh it's been that long kind of thing you know it's yeah. been that long that we haven't talked yeah you know mm-hmm. that's, that was a pretty good way of kind of telling everybody and, and you know they bring it on um, I think in the sneak peek um, he kind 
kind of mentions this as well. No, no, no. He mentions it when he speaks with Rick later on in the episode. Is like, you know, this guy's here, this guy's there. And Rick even says, oh, yeah, I'm sending Rosita down to Oceanside with Eugene and this, that. And, you know, if you're going to not be in the sanctuary, I need you back home. I mm-hmm. need you home, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this to say that even though people there's this good unity thing going on with everybody they're all like one team at least this core group of people at the same time they're kind of not together like they they don't really have a chance to really be together not really maybe in situations like this like with the uh, dc museum but like they're kind of far apart otherwise they're not really right that group anymore like daryl's lamenting you know they, they have to mm-hmm. save they have to build a new world and they can't really be around each other and they miss each other mm-hmm. so yeah gregory um, yeah, we don't have to muse about the DC thing. Uh, well, then we have the sequence on the walk to back, back to Alexandria. They encounter the bridge out. We see oh, well, Ken yeah. died. That's a big scene. This, this is a scene, yeah. And I, I was really, um, I was really, well, this is one thing I'll mention. I did like the, the fight sequence with some of the walkers that started coming, like Daryl and his cool new melee weapons. So. Oh, yeah, like him scouting ahead with the pole. But also he had these like knives that he like twirled around his hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> like I'll, I'll slice his tendon here and then I'll get him in the head. You know, ah, like, that's so cool. Yeah. It's such a easy to please. But you're, you're right. The bridge out thing kind of came first. But I think what I wanted to what what's interesting that they established before all that, by the way, uh-huh. is that as they're walking back from the museum, um, just before the proposal, Zeke, like Marco, Ken and Alden. Yes. Are ta- they're, like they're basically talking about normal life like shoeing horses mm-hmm. and, blunt, and talking about ken's dad um yes, earl the blacksmith right earl the blacksmith and shoeing horses and then like when i was listening to this is like um it's like it's for, i mentioned this before is like they're talking about normal life they're not really talking about survival like they're shooting the shit mm-hmm. and it's kind of like like further reinforcing the fact that like oh they moved beyond survival they're, it's it's no longer about survival as much anymore which and then immediately afterwards obviously you have the, the scene with the you know danger and you know ken dying but like it's just a good juxtaposition we just need to know that walkers are still dangerous you're still surviving yeah <laughs> get yeah. out of it you know yeah yeah that <laughs> that threat is still there yeah but um yeah okay and then Re- rosita reports the bridge being out and then yeah uh, and because and why did the bridge go out do you remember writing this down because <laughs> it sounds like you really did went crazy uh- the mind is saying with the bridge being out it was already kind of falling apart and i thought that it was because of a horde yes two herds <laughs> Two herds merging together. Now, let me ask you another question. I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. Do you know why the bridges were crumbling? Why? They mentioned this really slyly. What, what was it? The big storm. So this is how it relates to fear. And and you realize where we are now and why they needed to do an eighteen month time jump. Eighteen month. Why they do? Why? No. They needed to catch up. The two timelines are in sync. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Fear the Walking Dead and The Uh Walking Dead are now in sync. They just had their storm also. The same hurricane created a huge storm also. Okay. So, and they mention this also on the side somewhere else. They're saying how not only is the sanctuary... If it wasn't wasn't bad already that the sanctuary was already in trouble, the storm made it worse. Mm -hmm. And so the storm that we're talking about is the same storm that happened in Fear the Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. So the two timelines are in sync. Mm -hmm. Check it. We're we're like moving straight forward from Uh where we are in fear. Uh Isn't that interesting? Just as long as they don't bring any of that fear element. <laughs> no. They're setting the stage. Like for people who are paying attention, uh, it's kind of uh, like 
Okay. All right. I see what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. But I like that they have these little tie-ins, like the little crossover ideas. Like, okay, this world really does exist within the other world. Mm-hmm. And I think they're hoping people catch on. But I think that's interesting. I think people, there are people that that listen to the show love fear. And it's kind of like, you know, to, the idea that these worlds still matter to each other. You know, mm-hmm. the little hints that they're going to probably matter even more. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think that's kind of cool. But furthermore, it has real world effects on what happens on The Walking Dead. And that's the sanctuary is like no longer sustainable and mm. the bridges all ma- like the bridges are crumbling they're all going out because of this storm and then mm. you know the whore the, the two herds merging together on this bridge not mm. only takes out the bridge but it takes out what, what Rosita said and I didn't understand that in the first listen was the walkie repeater uh, so they have these little antennas that, that, that boost and like relay the signal mm-hmm. so you know so now part of their communication is out and what did I started thinking about something because spooky music started playing in the background and I was thinking to myself, oh, should I be paying attention right now? Oh, does this may have something to do with um, a certain force that may be doing this intentionally? That may be I- trying to isolate them? Hmm. Maybe. What do you think? Is it too early to tell? It might be too early to tell. But should we perhaps. be marking that one down? Perhaps. <laughs> it could, perhaps could be. I mean, you can't I tease us and then suddenly we'll run away. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh. <laughs> Does that kind of make you a little nervous, though? No, I mean, it's it's possible. In my mind, I thought we were going to do another time jump. To oh, get to really? First. Yeah, I thought, I, in my mind, I thought that we might have a couple of time jumps. We'll, the, the initial time jump now, which, like, I assume it to be a year and a half to maybe two years based on... Um, based on uh, Baby Herschel and Judith's appearance. Mm. I kind of estimated, okay, it's been a year and a half. And Gracie. Years, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, but in my mind, I kind of thought, okay, Rick's going to be eliminated from the show by this mid-season finale, let's say. And my Oh, not even though, that, it looks like. Yeah, like before that. So basically my thought is that maybe after his departure from the show, we might do a little jump. Mm, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's That was just in my mind, I thought. Just because I know that a lot of the taping for um, the newer characters and Alpha and, and Beta. The guy who plays Beta, he's from Sons of Anarchy, right? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know. He wasn't the main character, was he? No, I don't think okay. so. That was um, Ron Perlman, I believe. Well, he's one of the main characters, at least. Is it so Ron Perlman? A- yeah. The dude that played um, was in Blade 2, I think, or 3. I can't remember. And then he was also Hellboy. Well, I guess all those guys are big. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, um, yeah, because he was a big dude, and that works for, like, beta. But, yeah, like, because it seems like the filming for them is happening later on, I kind of thought, like, well, maybe we'll do another little time jump. But right. Maybe, you, but, you don't think uh, the principal filming is done for them? Yeah, maybe you're right. I think that there's... But still, like, do you, don't you think that they, they'll still... They'll, they might still be some hints of them... Yeah, yeah. Like, no, not even, like, o- overt. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that there will be a subtle little hints, especially since we know for a fact that we are going to meet them this season. Like, before the uh, the mid-season break. Yeah, they're going to tease them out, aren't they? Before they're they go on break. Yeah, they're going to tease them out. But sure. I, I think, I, you know what, I'll... 
I'll be willing to take a bet if if that's even gonna reveal itself but that that part of what got them to merge was maybe direction mm-hmm. you know like 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 them purposefully doing it I don't know we'll see mm-hmm. I, it's only you know what I, I said maybe and then when the spooky music started playing I was just kind of like not spooky but you know what I mean like when moody music starts to play when this sort of thing yeah. happens they could have done that without music yeah and it would have been fine like oh we would have been like okay the bridge is out that makes sense you know yeah mm-hmm. shit happens they had a storm yeah. but the, when the music came on I was just kind of like oh Oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Maybe we should be paying attention. That's what music does. Maybe we should be paying attention. Yeah. So, you are right. Yeah. But eh, maybe I'm wrong. Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. We'll soon find out. So the two things I wanted to take away from uh, Ken's yeah. death, right, is something he says before he dies, like he's like saying things. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of cool because maybe this might come up and maybe this might have like some sort of significance. But like he sa- he like says out loud, like he's, his eyes are closed. And he's, he's saying this. He's like, tell my dad uh, to have Marco take my place. So, OK, that's interesting. OK, fine. Maybe that there's going to be some interesting thing between Marco and Earl. Um, and. But who knows at this rate? Mm-hmm. So he said, "Let Marco take my place." Yeah, he says, "Tell my dad to have Marco take my place." Then Marco might have a significant role. Yeah. <laughs> Um, kind of arbitrary, but okay. Yeah, kind of. But maybe he's more important than we're taking. We're giving we're him credit giving, for. If if what I'm thinking is correct, then yeah, he could have a major role, and it would make sense about Lydia. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Yes, yes. yes. But for the here and now, something that we need to address because so many people have been yelling about it on the internet, uh-huh. and we need to hash this out, you and me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're gonna. I honestly think you and me are gonna be on the same page. Mm-hmm. But so many people are like memeing about oh. Ken gets a funeral, but Carl doesn't. Oh. Hmm. But we're in the middle of a war. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I mean, the thing is that, like, they are now past the war. They are at the point that they can have little luxuries. Because, look, they they didn't have funerals for pretty much most of the people that passed away on the show. Like, because they're in survival mode and they were either dealing with conflicts. It was enough that they would give them a a bury the body and write the name on, like, the wall in Alexandria. That's about as good as it got, you know? Right. You're lucky if you even got buried. Sometimes, yeah, you could even get that so Wait, so i'll be bearing you, know. you soon <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. In a manner of speaking. Yeah, no, of course. But you know what I mean? It's, yeah. So you think it's ridiculous too? Because I was just like, are you I kidding think, me? Yeah, like, come on. I mean, First of all, look. he got a, like a two episode. He got a pre, he got a mid season finale and uh, mid season, uh, right. Mid season premiere where he got to die across both episodes. Come on. Right. Who gets that in the show? Who gets that? Exactly. I said an elegy because it's kind of like, okay, it went on forever. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And oh, and yeah, the one thing that I said on Twitter was kind of like, well, you know, he got to go out like a man. <laughs> like like an old timer, like, you know, taking himself out and everything and it's so badass in a weird way. Ken Ken because they get that like, like but you no, but you know how Ken died actually like I it reminded me exactly of Andrea's sister Amy and maybe it's because I was watching that marathon and maybe yeah that's cool one, episode one because she got bit on the arm like he did right it kind and of further reinforces like that. that season one vibe or yeah yeah and it, even the the shot of how it was like zoomed in almost, yeah almost the same thing yeah yeah that's a really good call actually. I wouldn't, have re- I wouldn't have remembered that if it wasn't for the marathon. <laughs> I'm glad you watched. I 
I didn't have time to. I wish I did. But I didn't watch the whole thing, but I was working from home that day, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I literally caught it as season one, episode one. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, like, shocking to me watching it. I was like, oh, my God. It's surreal. Surreal. And the way the grandiose shots and panning mm-hmm. out, and then the, the, the dolly shots of him, of Rick walking down the street, looking at the side and of the road. And quite honestly, I think it was much more gruesome back then. Yeah, they weren't afraid. Well, they weren't afraid to go heavy. Yeah. They weren't afraid to go heavy and just little things like flies swarming around and just things that just set the tone for like, oh God, this is a horrible, decrepit environment. Yeah. You know? I have to admit that was Darabont. You know, that was Frank it was Darabont. Him. It was him, yeah. He, that, yeah. It doesn't help that when you're, yeah. And he's, I, I didn't check to see if he was still getting credited, by the way. Oh, I don't know. Right? He's credited, he's been credited from season one to season eight. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and he's not even a part of the show anymore. Anyway, we talked about that. But but yeah, that, that's really cool. And so, that's the thing. Like when people kept talking about this, oh, this has a season one f- vibe. And like, like, well, I mean, yeah, in a way, I guess. But it, we just with all the information, like season one had a much slower pace. Honestly, season one reminds it, like there are certain elements in Fear of the Walking Dead that remind me of season one of, of The Walking Dead. The way they would slow pace something and, you know, emphasize for feeling that sort of thing, like to, to just show where we are emotionally. Sometimes I can compare it, but like what, this episode was just too chalked with info and action and, and like it's just so compressed, you know, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I just don't feel like the pacing is the same as the first season one. I think maybe the vibe where, you know, maybe people were trying to survive or I I, I, but when you mentioned the shot, okay, maybe that is part of it. Maybe it's the way things are framed. Maybe the way things are kind of callbacks. The brick on the horse, people on horses, mm-hmm. you know, going, going back into the city, that sort of thing. And with n- more knowledge now, mm-hmm. it's kind of like... Huh. It's kind of like a video game where you're trying to beat a boss and then you like literally you're like at one point in your life you're like oh you had to put the game down because it was so frustrating you couldn't beat it but like now you know eight seasons later they're trying to defeat that boss and they can defeat that boss easily like they, they have so much more accumulated knowledge and a huge community of people so they easily beat the boss you know it's kind of like season one if they had unity and people and cooperation not like the Vatos trying to take them down or claimers or the governor and all that stuff so that's it's an interesting idea, but yeah, like it's revisiting season one with a new, with time, you know, revisiting that, that whole scene again, basically. So, yeah, but yeah. we know, but we do end up noticing that Maggie takes Ken's death very hard, and we realize kind of why. And everybody yeah. does too, but Maggie, especially, yeah, yeah, because of the fact that specifically he lives, you know, he's a hilltop member, and she has to be the one as their leader to sit down with the parents and basically tell them what happened to their son, yeah, you know? which is, you know, obviously a terrible conversation. It's a terrible conversation to have. And she's a genuine person, which makes being the leader really difficult, you know? Like, you know, because she knows why um, she brought him, Mm -hmm. you know, she knows why he was sent out there, you know, for the horses Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But she also knows that it was in purpose of trying to mostly get things for the sanctuary, you know? And Tammy, the mother, mentions it. I mean, I wrote down... Brett Butler, by the way. Yes, Brett Butler. I was like, oh. Butler. Yeah. But, you know, she says... Great performance. A great performance by her. She said, my son's uh-huh. dead, your son has no father, and the Savior's eat our food. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like, oh. Punch in the stomach. Like, it's like, yeah. I don't I don't hit I don't hit girls, but like, I'll, I'll still hit but them with words. Was, but that was, I mean, yeah, that that's hitting them with words. I was like, oh, man, that is, that is tough because it's, it's all true. Yeah, and not Every only that, like, in service of the Saviors, but also, like, people haven't forgotten that, you yeah. know, the Saviors tried to kill them. The Saviors... Yeah. 
dip the blood axes and and, and mm-hmm. arrows and whatnot and thin their yeah. numbers. Yeah. After everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's like insult to injury. Yeah. Of like it would be one thing if a community was draining the other, and that alone is pretty bad. But the community in question is that one. You know. Oof. Yeah. No. It was. That was tough. Right. And I think that's you know you could tell that there were <coughs> looming uh, resentments and stuff like that already, mm-hmm. but this kind of brought it right to the forefront. And Absolutely. that's that was the purpose of the scene. It's kind of like to really mm-hmm. hit it home, drive it home. Like mm-hmm. these are grieving parents; they ain't gonna hold back. They're gonna mm-hmm. say what we what everybody's been thinking the entire time. Mm-hmm. So again, that's story writing right there. But it also brings to mind, by the way, when when they eventually, I guess. Um, oh, and oh, by the way, it also establishes that Gregory's been whispering. By the way, right? A little bit, like it alerts Maggie to that mm-hmm. a little bit. But and if not for that, she probably wouldn't have figured it out as quickly, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it also when you go into the Ken's funeral s- sequence again, like with Alden singing, there's a casket. Yeah. I think there's a casket, right? Somewhat of a was, yeah. gilded a, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, we've been establishing like the way with Marco and Ken and all them talking and, and certain things, certain concepts like like worrying about politics and charters and stuff like that. And, but all these little elements about like like this is the difference between just surviving and like a relative peace. And then you have all these elements where like it, the two things are kind of butting against each other. Like you still have this thing here that you need to worry about. And but and now they have funerals and the car and that's why I brought the Carl Carl drama like the whole hit him getting like not getting a burial it's like well you know because we were fighting like you said yeah and it's like the huge difference between then and now what people can get now people can have now versus what you know they couldn't have before they couldn't afford to think about they couldn't yeah. you know what i mean you just have to bury mm-hmm. the body and that's it and that's the nicest thing you can do mm-hmm. i don't know i just thought all that it's just kind of it's just crazy it's crazy but what did you think of <laughs> um alden singing <laughs> i i was trying to figure out what song that was because I wasn't sure if it was like, because um, you know, like with certain cultures, like for instance, like when John McCain died, I think they sang um, "Oh Danny Boy," and I was trying to think to myself, is that like a similar song? Like I was trying to kind of, I, I don't know, I was trying to figure out what the song was and if there was any significance behind the song. Yeah, I should have, I should have actually written down the lyrics because I mean, I know there's "Oh Danny Boy," but there's also like, um, um, what is that song? Um, Good night with you. And all I want for want away in memory now I can't recall. Anyway, so oh, the parting parting it's glass. The concert. Yeah. <laughs> so sing to me your parting, a parting yeah. glass. Good night and love be with you all. Anyway, so that's that's the song that I thought he was going to sing. That sounds very familiar. So yeah. I, think, I think he was singing something that may have been more Scottish. Yes. Yeah. Because the song I, I just sung was more Irish. A lot of them usually are Irish. And so that's what I was trying to think to myself. I was like, is this another sort of like Irish kind of tune? But I couldn't place it. Yeah. I like the thing that... And I, I, what did you think of the singing itself? It's like, I thought it was... It came out of nowhere. And I think it kind of shows how, by the way, he's a savior. By the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, exactly. I kind of forgot about that. And it's kind mm-hmm. of important. Yeah, but, he was a savior. But, um, but how everybody has accepted him enough and not made him kind of like a pariah, mm-hmm. at least just yet. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But enough to be able to sing at this guy's funeral. Wow, how did I not think of that and <laughs> write it down? Mm-hmm. But then also like and like the thing he says at the end is so fucking sweet. Um, heaven's a better place for having you. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. So what? Do, <laughs> what did you think about Gregory moving about the funeral the way he was able like to? Like a snake. <laughs> kind of like like just like on the perimeter. Like a people. serpent. Yeah. Slimy. He was quite svelte though. Yeah. Yeah. But it just makes you kind of 
you know and you know he gives the eulogy mm-hmm. and it's like and, and, he, and he doesn't he's, it's not overt at all but what he says about Ken mm-hmm. is that normal people make Hilltop run mm-hmm. right just it's this subtle jab at like we're not warriors we're not like you know ruffians we're we're builders we're farmers you know <laughs> that kind of thing mm-hmm. we're, we're um you know horseshoe makers or like a Horseshoers, I think that's what he was, right? He shoes the horses, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like saying he didn't have to die, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, like other people wouldn't have detected that, but we we know, we know, and maybe Maggie knows. I don't know. Yeah, Ugh, shiver. I think, she, I, think, I think she's always on alert with him. Well, and by the way, like if you had any doubt that they were going to make that connection with um, Gregory and Jesus, them being brothers, um, that's kind of out the. I think it's really out the way. I've always kind of kept it a little bit ambiguous, and moments where like, okay, maybe they have a relationship. As as brothers, maybe, mm-hmm. but you know, you 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 got a glimpse of maybe that they would kind of maintain that when Jesus kind of compliments him on the eulogy. But then mm-hmm. later on, it's just kind of like full agreement, like with Maggie and, and no complaining. Mm-hmm. It's just very. I just you know, I thought that maybe they would actually flesh it out in some way, kind of like finally, maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping for it a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. And now we're really at the sanctuary. We are yeah. officially at the sanctuary. Eugene is there. Yep. Trying to Darryl, fill in Rick. <laughs> Daryl refuses to speak to the people in terms of... Uh, oh, like the big speeches like yeah, Laura wants yeah. him to make. Yeah, no, no. I think Laura has the hots for Daryl. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm like in the camp where they have a thing. I think they have a thing in... I they do. That's why she can talk to him the way she does, right? I hope they do because I just feel bad that Daryl's like asexual. I kind of want him to be caught between him and Cindy. Like her and Cindy. Laura and Cindy. I think Cindy's a lesbian and Cindy's going to be with Tara. Oh, ooh, that's interesting. I think oh, so. Huh. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean... No, I mean, okay. I mean, don't pin me in a corner, but like, I, you know, I didn't, I hadn't really seen it. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess you need something from somewhere. And that is pretty badass way to get it. I just feel, I just feel bad for like Daryl because I'm just like, man, Daryl can't get anybody. Like, I mean, but Laura seems appropriate. No, Laura seems appropriate. That's why I, I hope so because it's like the, the man can't get anything. I mean, luckily he's getting lines now. <laughs> Maybe he's getting some Maybe at least. Getting, some. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully the character of Daryl is getting some. Yes, yes. That's what I mean, because because yeah. now I'm gonna read this is married. Diane yeah. Kroger. Is he married? I yeah, together. I think they're married. No, I don't oh. know. Maybe I don't know. Um, don't they have a kid? I don't know. They're expecting a child. Yes, that's right. Baby already. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Oh yeah, and like how Daryl mentions, uh, like, you want me to make a speech like him? Quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? Okay, so in spite of like Daryl talking about like mm-hmm. communities and how you know we were better when we were this core group, right? And all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But don't you think that Daryl should have said something? Like, that, do you think that maybe some of these problems can be avoided if Daryl just kind of leaned in just a little, you know, to be like this um, extension for unity or something. Part of me is, thinks like he should have done, like said something. I don't know if how much it would have helped though. Mm. I don't know how much of a difference it would make. I think just for I, at least morale. Hungry people. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking in terms of morale, like I don't really know the answer, but like I think mm-hmm. it's just worth asking because like, you know, nobody really appreciates when somebody's kind of like got a one. A downer. Well like, well, like one toe in, one toe out, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Juxtaposition. Juxtap- I can't even say the word. Juxta- mm-hmm. I can't say it. Can you say it? 
That's a juxtaposition. Juxta- juxtapose. Sorry, I was thinking too bigly. <laughs> bigly. <laughs> uh. um, uh, Hilltop and the sanctuary, and how like Hilltop is is just running smoothly. They they've got things moving, and like I get that the sanctuary, you know, they've got their struggles. They have little to do when it comes to how much fuel they can make. So there are there are going to people be people around there doing nothing for mm-hmm. the most part. But like also just in terms of leadership, it's like I don't think they really have like leadership and directions. Nobody's really telling them what to Eugene can only tell so many people to do so many things and so I just don't think they have anybody that's really leading them you know yeah Daryl's like I being agree. a nanny almost yeah I can yeah. see why he wants to leave it's like these people bring me down well he says that like I'm not useful inside I'm useful out there because he's a feral cat like, that's Daryl yeah you know? by the way he said the walls he used the, the words specifically like I'm not good behind these walls yeah he's not good behind any walls it was the <laughs> same thing in Alexandria itself you know that's why he used to go on runs with Aaron because like he's- that's where he lived yeah, he lives out in the wild. Yeah, people in and all that stuff. Like, I mean, like, he still has the same mindset. He's just, like, he's just more of a doer, yeah. you know? But mm. but that's interesting. When, when, he, when, when he used the words, the walls, it just... And I know this is the observation, by the way, between this and Fear of the Walking Dead. Nick and, like, Madison were saying how being inside the walls made them feel, like better again like they didn't have to scrap to survive and all that stuff and blah 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 mm-hmm. but then just hearing hearing daryl be like i'm no i'm no good inside the walls i need to be out there that's just it made me think about like the the journey that these two people made like daryl's not a house cat you know he's like an outdoor cat he's survived mm-hmm. i mean the season one vibe that you were mentioning before <laughs> like S- daryl seemed to excel in this new world because it's all the skills and all the things he and his brother used to do out there mm-hmm. and blah blah mm-hmm. and brag on each other that's that's where he lived he did not live yeah. indoors no you know, and so this is something he's used to, except for some of the other outside aggression and all that stuff and walkers. But uh, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting observation how some people are, you know, how some people can be this or that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that makes them a better person. So I mm-hmm. don't know. It's interesting. Mix mix of two worlds. Yeah. Uh, mm, let's see. That's a, that's a lot of things down. Boom. Goodbye. So yeah, the savior save us sign. Yeah. Yeah. Savior so there's, we are so medium. With very little information, they've already established the fact that there is a schism mm-hmm. within the saviors. Mm-hmm. You have people clapping for Rick. Bless you, Rick Grimes, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But well, then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just Justin. And, and like, and also there's already this tension between, see, and that's the thing. If you take out Daryl from the equation, what happens to Justin now? Like, obviously Carol's taking over for him. So what happens? And you know what? Do you think Carol is going to be a more effective leader than Daryl? Mm. Right? Yeah. She's pretty tricky. She's pretty manipulative and crafty. I think she can handle more than Daryl. I think so. I think Daryl lets his emotions get the best of him. Yeah, he takes things too, too personally. I mean, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. knock, he'll knock, um, not, he'll shut that shit down. Mm-hmm. But Carol can do you th- I, I think Carol can do it in a way that you know most people can't do she'll get people to do things and make them think that it was their idea mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah. like oh yeah that thing that that you wanted yeah I wanted it yeah it's my idea yeah oh okay mm-hmm. so I'll do it right now mm-hmm. so like the Susie housemaker thing that she was pulling on the Alexandrians that sort of thing right right <sighs> I don't know yeah well I guess we'll see but um, yeah. oh yeah and so the main thing with with Rick and, and Daryl is the idea that and, and they mentioned this on talking dead and it, had they not mentioned that I probably wouldn't have paid too much attention to it but this idea that um that 
Daryl is telling Rick there is a schism. You know, this th this place is failing. It's gonna fail. Like, there's no point in me being here. Right. Um, and Rick not listening. Yeah. He just can't hear it. Like, oh, we're all one team. Blah blah blah. This is the world that we fought for. This is Carl's vision. Like, he's already in the new world. Meanwhile, it's not there yet. No. It it just shows that how little Rick is gonna see things fall apart until they're falling apart. Yeah. God, I mean, and that's I feel like that's the direction they're gonna go with how he goes out in whatever way he does go out. Yeah. Like, it's like he's not going to realize it until it's too late. Until it's too late. Damn. Yeah. But taking out Rick might also mean that, you know, um, it could be like a unifying factor. Like, Rick, right. say what you will about Rick, Saviors, but he freed you from that system that you were kind of tied to. You were tied to mm -hmm. an, like an authoritarian. So, yeah. you know, his death could like affect them. It could be one of those things that gets them to, you know, unite and mm -hmm. start to cooperate. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fuel. There is no us. Um, uh, oh, yeah. And we learned that the 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 kingdom is still kind of rebuilding. Yeah, like they have not, they haven't recovered in a year and a half since they lost all their fighters, no. Alvaro and all of them. Yeah. So it's just like another thing that, and you know that's interesting because like now that Carol is trying to like as Jerry calls her the boss, by the way, as she's leaving, right. um, you start I like I'm starting to realize okay, wait, with all the fighters being gone and Carol now going, like what does that do to morale? Like what do they do? What's going on with them? Like that they can spare Carol that way. I wonder, because like I wonder how they really are. They were also farmers, you know. They were also had some sort of self-sustaining farm and animals and stuff like that. So you know, wouldn't they need Carol? I mean, doesn't Ezekiel need Carol? Yeah, I don't know. So um, yes, and so that's the thing. Um, um, oh, I just let me let me just undo that for a second because th there's a good transition here because you know Rick Rick is just like rattling off like how their core group is stretching and and just rattling off all the problems and Hilltop sends food but no people and the kingdom is still feeling tremendous loss and 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 rick says to daryl i i need help back home if that's the case because if i have to send out like rosita and eugene to oceanside and all that stuff um i need you back home like i need your help and mm -hmm. like daryl basically says you know in his own way you know heavy is the head that wears the crown yeah you know you, know, you asked for this yep. and by the way right after that he says that kind of it quickly cuts over to gregory like you know um like a man with no crown is unencumbered you know that kind of thing like mm -hmm. you know when gregory had the hat on he had to make like like kind of him his hands on his knees kinds of decisions just to get things moving he had to do things he probably didn't want to do you know as opposed to kind of like rick and so but like now that gregory doesn't have the crown anymore he can scheme and plot and do anything that he wants to right now yeah so that's and so it cuts to that and the whole scene with basically him getting tammy drunk to get her out of the way and earl being a man of sobriety by the way uh he got he made earl drink so that he can take out maggie yeah the, earl the blacksmith the the quiet you know man of few words you know because he's sober and keeps everything inside now he drinks and he's like letting him know all his feelings and stuff like that about ken mm -hmm. um and then um yeah and then like gregory's going hard like he's the maggie's above the law mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the election was a scam <laughs> Like, yeah. and, and Earl is still kind of, you know, he's still trying to stay behind the fence. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, she's our leader. It's like, he's still drinking, but she's our leader. Mm -hmm. um, but like Gregory, and that's the thing, like, that's what got my wheel spinning about Gregory. Like, he does have the juice. Like, he basically, he's framing the argument around, you know, this idea that, look, I talked to this guy the other day. Like, none of the people here really, you know, really like what she's doing. You're like, are you sending people off, are people off, and getting everybody, and getting Ken killed, getting your son killed? Mm -hmm. 
you know and it's kind of like ooh, that's next level shit like if you, the, the yeah. fact that you're going this hard um yeah like i literally wrote gregory uses his juice to get earl to whack maggie <laughs> so <laughs> so um so yeah i just i just this craziness that and again like it's crazy that this man lived this long <laughs> um yeah yeah, so there's this whole, okay, the Carol and Daryl sequence, which is also kind of nice. It, the, the best that I got out of that sequence is that, uh, like, Daryl really just misses the core group. They he just, they just are just constantly away from each other, and it's not what this is about and, and all that stuff. And But one thing that Carol says to Daryl at the end, when she tells him that he's going to be taking care of things at the sanctuary, is that Daryl asks specifically, do you want me to stick around? Mm-hmm. And she specifically says no. Yes. So, I mean, I, mean, I learned throughout this entire speaking session is that like okay all the and the internet is like still all about carol and daryl like shipping them but like how could you not see that they're not doing that anymore after that scene i know like solidly it's not happening it's so it's a relationship that's beyond that yeah it's precious it's it's kind of like why does that have to be about that (laughs) yeah 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 she calls him pookie i mean like you know my wife doesn't call me pookie i wrote that down yeah (laughs) I didn't get that the first time around. I was like, oh. Because she used to call him that. Pookie's approval? <laughs> mm-hmm. Pookie's approval. Um, I love that. But yeah, I thought the refusal was kind of interesting. Like, why do you think that, that she doesn't want Daryl around? Do you think it's because she wants him to work with Rick? Or, well, is it that she... You know, what is it, actually? She overheard the conversation, so... I don't oh, she did? She, yeah, she was underneath the stairs when he and Rick were speaking. Did they flip to her? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they showed her underneath the stairs. She heard the whole thing. Oh, I didn't... I must not have been paying enough attention. Wow, you're good. Um, I told you I was all in it. <laughs> I was, I fell asleep at some point. No, but I rewatched it. That's all. That's interesting. So yeah. why, why? So then, what does that mean? I think that she just basically knows that this is not a good place for him. Yeah, like it, it just he's and maybe she's doing it for his best interest. Like, like think, why would I, you stay here? That was it, part of it. I think that it's partially because she knows that this isn't the best environment for me to him to be in. She can do it, and I think also it gives her some distance from Ezekiel too. She just needs some space. Yeah, you think it's you think space is what she needs from from Ezekiel? I think that she loves him but she doesn't want to cop to it because like you know like she doesn't want to be with him just to lose him basically exactly. maybe I it's too too much of a scare i lose people and i lose myself <gasps> you know, thing. it's it's do you think that's what's going on a little? Yeah, I think so. Mmm. Yeah. So she's going on a sort of Morgan journey. Hmm. Because yeah. she was like that, by the way. Both of them were like that mm-hmm. at the end of that, that episode um, mm-hmm. where they try to find Henry. Yeah. And she snaps out of it. Yes. Um, but that's interesting. Which, well, I, which I think that she is better, but I think there's still that fear. Did somebody say fear? <laughs> let's, let's not say we did. No, but you're right. Like Morgan had to go through this. Well, Morgan was a special case too. But um, but yeah, maybe she does have to go on a little journey where I mean, she really has to kind of prioritize herself. It's not about. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's always like w- between burning the prisoners. She's always put the health and safety of the group in a sort of orthodox way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and what I mean by orthodox, it's kind of like I always regard orthodox as like no room for nuance or compromise. There's like okay, there are people in the in this this um, prison that are sick let's just burn them all and we'll keep the rest of us safe which has yep. always been about the integrity of the group but to an extreme and so maybe this is integrity of her heart to the extreme like yeah. oh this is if th- 
this is going to make me feel horrible, you know, however that falls, you know, whatever it is, then I'm going to go away from that horrible, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, that's, that's, in, that's a good take. It's a really good take. Um, mm, yeah, Rick and Michelle talk about, they don't want Negan, they want food. Um, they talk about whether, they, it's interesting how they talk about whether they, they still talk about whether they should have let Negan live. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just a way for them to reaffirm that they, they should have, like that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they still let like Maggie summary execute. I mean, Michonne kind of has, she shows her cards. Like she, you know, I mean, it's not just the kids. I don't think, I think the kids just yeah. fur- further prove the point that like yeah. what we're doing here, this is, this is, we need to have like a trial. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like that's all I was thinking was like when she had that reaction, I'm like, wait, no, she's right. Like there should be a trial. There should be mm-hmm. like, you know, a declaration of what happened an account of what happened, why it happened. And then like a ruling, like a jury or like a judge or like the thing that they all decide, you know, instead of just someone, one person deciding summarily. Yeah. So, um, I think, she, and also she tries to get him to listen to Daryl too. Mm-hmm. You know, you should trust Daryl. You should listen to him. You know, there's probably a reason behind, you know, he knows things that you're not listening to. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I'm so glad we talked about, um, Rick and Maggie, by the way, we don't have to go over that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think we get to our scene. Which one? Maggie attack assault. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that. What else there is to say about that though? Like there is a lot of really I, good. I thought it was, thought it was very um, haunting for me. But Just, for me, mm-hmm. anything involving children, I find oh, right. horrific. Like to see the stroller tipped over and the baby wailing in the background the whole time as this assault is like going on. Like that was just very for me at least. And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a mom. Like I don't know. That's like, like a content I, warning. Right there. That is like, babies will and, be tipped over. And that, to be perfectly honest, if it were, I, I, I think it's one of those sorts of like, um, what is it, fight or flight adrenaline situations. Like if someone is potentially threatening your child, like that would, that would fill me with even more fight in me than, you know, if it's just like, okay, this person's attacking me. Yeah, I'm going to fight, but you know, I'm going to fight with every inch of my life now, yeah, you know, ounce. you know, every It's ounce. like the incredible like Hulk effect. You, you, yeah. Just, yeah, there's just so much pumped heart. into you exactly exactly and i think like that was you know that's what struck me and it was so like the way it happened like all the way it was shot too it's like all of a sudden this figure in the book was like whoa and then you know everything just kind of happens and you know eventually jesus and alden i think are the ones that it's yeah like, oh yeah i think it was just alden i didn't see don't remember seeing I, jesus I thought Did it you? Was two, well i thought it was two people right like, well that, i know that, that enid them, tried to get in yeah but i think eventually then two people came and were able to support do him and then she oh, okay. was the one who pulled the cloak off him to see that who it was yeah and it's a drunk uh, earl mm. right which maggie goes promptly to gregory because she knows full well that like he basically orchestrated this and and she goes off you know she's like you can't even murder somebody right you know yeah you can shit to do it yourself yeah you know? all the verbal blows are awesome awesome mm-hmm. it awesome. just goes there awesome because like there's yeah. a point at which you think gregory's just gonna be like oh Matt, margaret uh what's up you know and then like you're like oh he's gonna do the same <laughs> shit in the beginning a little bit because he's like oh you have a head injury you know <laughs> like what are you talking about you know you don't know what you're talking about like you're hurt you know what i mean like he did try a little bit and then kind of like threw that out the window 
and then just kind of try to go for it himself, which she overpowers him, of course. And, um, you know. Right. By the way, just before that, before the whole thing, when he was, when they were trying to have that nice conversation, by the way, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he says, um, Mackie says outright, she's like, it's hard not knowing where your place is, yeah. you know, to Gregory, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, it's like you could say that about her, too. Yeah. Like, you know, she's this leader, but she's doing things that she doesn't want to do because Rick is telling her to do them. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, she kind of is well aware that like she feels like I don't think like I think Rick is leading Hilltop off a cliff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and so like her saying that's very prescient it's like she's trying mm-hmm. to identify with him like she's assuming she's trying to assume best intentions and then like mm-hmm. it's like this war of the roses flip like where they yeah. Where like finally yeah. Gregory just drops the facade. Right. By right. the way, he yeah. does this once before. By the way, he does that with Simon. He just yeah. decides, you know what? Yeah. I've got the juice, and you know mm-hmm. who are you, and blah blah blah. And then he really sticks up for himself, and actually works. Mm-hmm. And and I think he maybe <laughs> expected it to happen again, <laughs> you know, or like it to work, or hit to, to carry him through. But yeah, yeah. it's like wow. Try. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Oh that blow. That Gregory's blow. Right in return of that. Like you can't even go to Alexandria because you know who is still there. Mm-hmm. You know who? Take. I'll give you one guess. Five letters. Oh, Negan. Yeah. Yeah. He can't yeah. do it. She can't do it. And she can't bring herself. And to maybe it's not that. Maybe he's just like, oh, you know, you're not going because of this. Meanwhile, she's no, like. No, but I think I think you're. No, I think you're spot on. I think you're actually perfectly spot on because I didn't grasp it right away. Good on you. Yeah. Because I was like, and even like later on when she's talking to Rick and he's like, oh, Judith asked for Aunt Maggie and whatever, and she was like, Rick, you know, I can't do that. I can't go to Alexandria. And and like I thought to myself, I was like, okay, that's a little rough. Like, why? But do you and think it's because of Negan, that. though? Really? Yes. Yes, I actually do. Really? I I, I thought it was more like because like Hilltop just needs to keep running. I think it's because of Negan. Mm. I think that in combination with Gregory's comments is because like that is this that is the single point. That, I mean, listen, this is what I was telling you about the point of contention. Like when you're talking about their governing governing styles, Negan is living in Alexandria like life in prison, and meanwhile Maggie's like, no unacceptable like people need to be executed you know like people need to know the an example needs to be made and i think that's what rick was trying to tell her an example has been made that we've taken this guy out and we're showing everybody that we can be civilized Mm -hmm. maggie's just like not with it no not at all yeah by the way side comment oh yes please i've been waiting I do like it when Carol departs from Ezekiel, like in terms of her telling him that she's gonna like take Daryl's post at the um, at the sanctuary. Oh, I yeah. just love it because he turns and goes like, "Jerry, my steeds." Like, yes. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, like, it's, it's he is corny the way that Carol. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. He's corny, but you know what? It's gay. It's funny. But also, like she, he's. I think she, again. I think she, he's probably like the realist with her. Yes, he is the realist with her. You know, yeah. and he's probably real with everybody else at the point mm-hmm. but he, I don't think he's doing the king act as much but I think every no, now and again he has to throw it in I like when he does though that's the thing it's like, I love when he does throw it in. it's like my steeds I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, some people like my steeds. It, it makes me want to like start talking in the old English randomly. <laughs> hey, look, some people like um, heapster speak. Some people like uh, my no, steeds. I'll some people you, like I'll Jimbo's beer bows. I'll <laughs> take ye old English and <laughs> I think we all would. Um, <laughs> and, and but only if Kari Payton does it, because honestly, it's just it's so great. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. lean in, buddy, lean in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the best part of that is like it ups the ante because yes, my steeds, and then Jerry gets them them and he's all cool with it um but the, at the end of the day he goes uh you know he's see you later boss like yeah but he says it to carol because mm-hmm. carol is the boss yeah you know like he knows he just knows he knows jerry's real yo 
So yeah, so but yeah, back to the fight scene though. Like Gregory, do you? I mean, do you think? Do you think that alcohol was the motivator behind that? No, he lives his life drunk. Like I mean, mm, that's Gregory true. lives his life mostly under the influence of scotch <laughs> yeah just enough right like not <laughs> too to much yeah just enough to get him functionally by you know no i think it was fully intentional if this was murder in the first and conspiracy to commit murder for well, sure. yeah i'm just surprised that he dropped the veil with her i mean like he's just it's it's what he does i guess with he did it with simon and he thinks that he can do that with maggie like if he barks loud enough she'll keep him around or something mm-hmm. But it kind of works, though, because Maggie, throughout, she's really not falling apart at his jabs. Mm-hmm. And she even kind of, like, takes the high road. Yeah. Like, she still tries to appeal to his better sense. He's, like, saying, you've been giving so many chances. And to that, he kind of says, what does he say? He says something and then, oh, but I'm still here. And then he tries to stab Maggie. Like, mm-hmm. he just, and, like, I guess it's, like, it's open to interpretation. But, like, she really, I, I think it's, I think it's really, it's like these flawed characters, right? Like, these, uh, these kind of Shakespearean kind of fall from grace characters, right? Because you look at Julius Caesar, right, in, in Shakespeare, and he really is a great guy. Like, he's he's a really a man of the people. But all in the backdrop, people have been conscious of, like, look, we've established democracy. Like, you know, there are no more emperors, right? But even, like, but you, you do start to see that when, you know, power corrupts absolutely that sort of thing, right? And Maggie, bless her heart, she really, really tries to be just. She tries to be fair. She doesn't cave to Gregory's insults. Like even he's dropped the veil and admitted to assassinate, you know, you know, basically getting Earl to assassinate her. It, like she's still maintaining that sense of like justice. Like I'm not going to kill you or anything, you know, or you know what I mean. Like like you're in trouble. It, you're going to be held to account just like we do when we did with Negan. Um, and then Gregory tries to, say, and he, she still kind of like holds back. She has a knife to his throat, doesn't slit it outright. Mm-hmm. But but then you start to see like obviously with the execution, I feel like all of this like it, it's kind of like what we saw with the museum. You have everybody in unison, in unity, in lockstep, safety, coordination, etc. Mm-hmm. And you have even Maggie here, like with all with this situation, she's she's holding it together, she's keeping it in lockstep. And the execution obviously makes sense. It's like yeah. we need we need to make an example, blah blah blah. blah but it's like the first step. And mm-hmm. I feel like both of these things are kind of like you know this is where we are, so you can remember where we are, <laughs> because later on you're going to be like, how did we get here? <laughs> Mm-hmm. How did we get to this bad spot? And I feel like Maggie's yeah. going down that road of the emperor. Like this mm-hmm. is what power can do. Mm-hmm. And 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 with the with the people in lockstep at the museum, like this is what ends up happening when when things politics and all that stuff gets in the way. We start losing that unity, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna start to see divisions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I these, these these scenes, all this information, everything is so precious. Everything is so like gold. Like oh, this is so important. We need to remember this because mm-hmm. it's gonna get shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So Daryl arrives at the hilltop with Rick and Michonne. You know, baby Herschel, little stinker. That whole conversation, mm-hmm. and then Maggie's terms. You know, putting her yeah. balls on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, she has the nuts. We talked about that, mm-hmm. and it's like the two philosophies, like you said, like we're obliged to help, and like, well, they got to live, so now we get they get to do us. They get they yeah. owe us. They owe us. Um, 
and then the calling out of the promise like you said you that i you would be <laughs> that i would be leading you someday mm -hmm. yeah. and, and she said i'll admit back then i wasn't one to follow and but that changes today now. yeah and and we see that also in the sneak peek like like i said before with michonne mm -hmm. and her like exerting her will in spite of possibly trying to cooperate mm -hmm. you know so and, and and all i could think of when she said that uh both here and at the sneak peek was what daryl said so there is no us mm -hmm. and that that's like kind of like the theme there is no us yeah. anymore it's kind mm -hmm. of interesting how like you bring daryl kind of lays out what the problem of the show is ahead of time he's like are you not looking around you there really is no us judith mm -hmm. is painting the picture of all of them together like as she mm -hmm. remembers them with carl mm -hmm. you know yeah but in daryl just like a kind of like the innocence and caring of a child almost is like but i see i see it you know like i want it but i see it it's not there there is no us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which brings us to gregory's hanging <laughs> Did you realize right away that it was him, or did you think it was um, Earl? Oh, I knew, I knew it was Gregory. Yeah. Did you think it was Earl? No, was I, I, I thought it was Gregory. Because I think I, Earl I, still has a part to play, too. Like, I think he has that thing to do with Marco at some yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And he's useful. He's in the comic, too, isn't he? Tammy and Earl. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, okay, okay. Because I remember hearing, I saw their names somewhere, and I thought that was important. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and who knows? Because, like, basically, Earl was locked up in the next episode, and, and basically, Maggie used as an, ex as an excuse to say, I don't want to take him out of jail. I don't, you know, yeah, he could make that plow for the sanctuary. But you know what? I kind of like the idea of being able to use him for whatever I want because they owe us. Yeah. Oof. So let's talk about that hanging scene a little bit more. Yep. Um, I just, yeah, it was just... It, I, I, man, she was like, listen, she said, at the hilltop, the punishment fits the crime. And, mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but, but you were in it like a lot of people when they saw Gregory Hang were kind of like finally right and I was too it's kind of like well, I, I mean, his, his time I, run out his clock ran I knew out it was ha I knew it was happening I mean I knew it happened in the comic yeah so we've all that. seen the panels too we've all seen the panels so I was like it's, Xander it's, Berkeley looks way better too way <laughs> just, better. just saying that out loud way better <laughs> Yeah, Gregory in the comic kind of reminds me of a slightly thinner version of... Did you ever watch the cartoon Aqua Teen Hunger Horse? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, the next door neighbor, I think, was his name? Yes. Carl? No. Is it Carl? <laughs> I think it might have been Carl. I think that was his... Yeah, you guys been... keep coming over. You yeah. know, <laughs> Like, yeah. Yes, yes, that dude. Ah. Uh... Uh -oh. <laughs> Love the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Like so a taller Danny DeVito, gosh. like a stretched out Danny DeVito in my mind. <laughs> from what I was seeing in the panels, like, oh, sh it looks like from uh, Matilda or oh something. God. <laughs> I need to watch some Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> that is but, totally like what you would watch just like in the, in the middle of the night where you're like, I don't know what yes, to do. And like you're yes. half tired. Yes. And it's 100%. just like, did I really watch yeah. that last no, night? When, or? when you're saying you, are you talking the general you? Or the general you. Saying, you. Uh, are you saying me specifically? Probably you specifically. Um, at this rate. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just <laughs> because it's the perfect show to think like, did I dream that or did that happen in the show? Like it's taking I... all these visions you might see before you fall asleep and just put it on the screen. <laughs> it's such a demented. Stupid, it's such a demented stupid. Oh person. my god. I loved every minute of it. With it's the, like if you improved like Ren and Stimpy. Like just the Moon Knights, best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Gregory. No, back, back to Gregory. But yeah, I guess so. You're right. I mean, it does kind of look like a Carl. I guess it is Carl. <laughs> I think it was Carl. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you. An I, I thought one of the guys is named Carl. Well, ah, whatever. Who cares? Somebody's named Carl on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> that name has come up. Yeah, it might as well be Carl. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> but it's but, by the way, and it's but the one thing that Gregory says is like I'm not. You know, like um, you know, you don't have to hang me because you feel ashamed and like. And what she is, deadpans like I'm not ashamed. <laughs> she is not ashamed. But like of losing Ken, of, of following Rick, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. That's what no. he's he's trying to sow that last seed of doubt yeah, in everybody around him. Mm-hmm. That nope. I find that choice interesting. Like he 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 like doubles down. He just till the end, which is yeah. kind of interesting for somebody like that. Like you think mm-hmm. a man like it really does change the way you look at Gregory, though. I mean, if you're paying attention, because when you think of Gregory, you think of groveling when he needs to yeah. you know, when he needs to be, etc. And and at the end of the day, he's kind of a, like a weakling and, 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 you know, trying to suck up and everything like that. But when he sticks to his guns and he commits to, like, his trickery and sowing doubt and, like, if, if the last thing I do is going to be sowing doubt in the, in, in, of seeds of doubt in the people around me and, and I can in some way even, like, feel like a sympathetic character to them and mm-hmm. ruin Maggie, yeah. then I'm going to do that. And that makes me think, like, wow, that's commitment. Like, mm-hmm. you'd think this guy would be groveling at the end, right? Mm-hmm. It really doesn't make... It does change the way I think about him mm-hmm. not that that like i still think he's an asshole but mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day like he's not like just like this weak piece of shit he's like he knows yeah. what he's doing when he's being that way that grovelly kind of way mm-hmm. you know so i don't mm-hmm. know but um yes and she tells everybody around them you know i made this decision but it's not the beginning of something so there's like the famous last words of, of mm-hmm. julius caesar or something mm-hmm. you know i don't want to have to go through it again and uh yeah. yeah and and also like the idea of where they decide to hang him to by the way if mm-hmm. you think about it they're hanging him from the rafters of like yeah. the bones of a new home which kind of tells you like mm-hmm. this is the foundation of her quote unquote presidency like this is gonna this is gonna be like it like this mark on her presidency in a way yeah. you know, of her election or whatever there's just something mm-hmm. to think about like this is the this is what mm-hmm. you're building this is this yeah. is what goes into the house mm-hmm. so I just love that illusion it's so cool um, mm-hmm. oh so now we're up to sneak peeks but um we got to the one with the Earl and the prison the jello pudding pops mm-hmm. Um, and I said, like, literally in capital letters, becoming Gregory, question mark. And then at the end, I say, oh, becoming a better Gregory. So we saw Earl and they, I missed that. They showed Earl in the prison? They didn't. But what, uh, oh, okay. You know, so the sneak peek that I saw was on the AMC website. And ah. It's an extended scene yeah. of where, uh, sorry, I didn't say that. Because uh, I, I, I don't know why I assumed, I assumed you saw that. I don't know why. Um, so let me explain the scene and I have to like now I have to restore <laughs> so Hilltop has surpluses to feed the sanctuary according to Jesus who's there with Michonne and Maggie and they're trying to negotiate basically if you can get um, uh, and you know and meanwhile like you know Michonne's trying to say this she's like okay you know I need that field because you know see that tractor over there I, I don't have enough to plow the fields and she goes well you know as much as I hate Earl for what he tried to do to you but um, do you I have to assume that you don't hate you know Hilltop Slash the sanctuary enough to not at least think about taking Earl out of jail for a little bit to just to do the plow and bring put him back in. And mm-hmm. if you have the plow, Earl can make a copy of that plow, give it to the sanctuary, and they could be off your back. And that's when like you start to realize Maggie doesn't care about the plow. She cares about the power play. She's really committing to what she said to mm-hmm. to Rick. Mm-hmm. She said she won't release Earl or deal with anything less than compliance. I mean she doesn't say that, but like she's like, it's my way. Mm-hmm. And then like at the end I say, Oh, it's a better Gre- Gregory. Eee. 
Mm. Yeah, it's ominous, right? You're like, oh, where is this going to go? Like, I'm excited, yeah, but I'm also kind of like, I kind of like Maggie. I don't want to see her go down this this path. You know, like, it's going to only get worse. And, um, well, then here's the smaller sneak peeks of the next episode, which is like um, the bridge building. And um, mm-hmm. you see the saviors there, and like Justin right away pushes Henry down. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's that's how it's going to go down. You're, you're pushing a kid, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, Rick still doesn't see the divisions. You know, like, we're all on the same side, and Daryl's like, are we, though? Right. And um, Alden tells Rick, and this is this is like the best part I, I thought was from the sneak peek was like Alden himself is t- and he's having these conversations with Rick again. Remember, like at the hilltop, Alden mm-hmm. was trying to appeal to Rick's better nature. Yeah. And he says, um, you know, they work for you, but you protect them. Who does that sound like to you? Mm-hmm. Ooh, right. Mm-hmm. And um, and then of course, of course, the moment we've all been waiting for, a little teaser: Rick visiting Negan. Right? Yes. Are you excited? I'm I- so excited. So excited. Negan's <laughs> back. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the biggest Negan supporter ever. I'm like. There's so many. It's oh, no, I mean, it's great, but it's also yeah. kind of like, I'm a little disconcerted. <laughs> You have to kind of look at it on a bigger picture. Yeah, of know? course. Yeah, yeah. Kind of broad strokes. Yeah, what broad what's strokes. going to happen? What's the result? Yeah. Yeah, you think about it that way. I, I am, I am. Yeah. But now with Rick out of the picture, mm, I don't know. Yeah, hmm, yeah. This really does get somebody to think, right? Yeah, like I am what, uh, what's, uh, what's it going to look like, right? Mm, hopefully Negan. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Jeffrey D. Morgan says as much like uh, like me and him have conversations, but it's kind of like the idea of like a better Negan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, one I that think... resembles Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yes. And that really sure. awesome laugh of his, by the way, that that laugh is just precious. It's precious. It's so like, so, like so goofy. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> like that. Just, it, it's it's he's yeah he it, it's so funny because he is he seems very goofy in real life and not this sort of like um threatening menacing lothario yeah um, assertive and yeah yeah so it's very it's very funny because it's like he he can definitely like go from one pendulum to the other because it's like yeah he's downright i've heard interviews with him he's like downright goofy you know and like meanwhile on the show he's like this you know has a presence you know oh commanding too yeah like very commanding presence and like meanwhile like he, when he's on the couch he's more like he's just down to earth and like charming very down to earth charming down to earth silly. and he's like he's like like several he's doesn't like almost a couple that, oh sorry go ahead doesn't take himself very seriously that's the thing and like i, I part of me is like thinking like oh my god uh, you know you subtract maybe a thousand or so brain cells and he could play like a good stoner friend like <laughs> like you know <laughs> Well, you know that. Well, you know that he has a musical background in the sense that um, he did a couple of interviews with Howard and um, Howard. Oh yeah, yeah, like punk shows and, sh- and, and stuff, right? Yeah, he. Was, oh, you told us about this, by the way. He grew up in Washington State, so he knows all the. He used to be friends with like all those guys of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. He knew the Allison Chains. He knew all those guys. He used to hang in that whole like scene back in the nineties. Yeah, so, I still want to listen to that interview too. Like, I, I kind of. Could have been that stoner friend. <laughs> I think who was on the View, by the way, wasn't somebody Pollyanna McIntosh was on the View? Yes, I yeah. think she was. Yeah, it, they're all doing like this kind of a lot of promotion. Yeah, and they they're should. All, they really they need a reinjection. Yeah, they do of, of an audience. Like, oh, we're still here. Oh, and it's better mm-hmm. than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gotta like hit the ground running and do that stuff, man. And by the way, a lot of like a lot of like. Um, the guys on Fear started doing this, but they started going to these um, uh, Latino shows, like the Latino talk shows. Oh, 
They all started doing that. And now, like, Pollyanna McIntosh is there down there with um, Marco, the guy who plays Marco, uh, Gustav uh, Gomez. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he's like the Spanish speaker and he like and Polly and Macintosh is like, see I didn't see yeah. it, but like it was just you can kinda tell there's like a there's one's very comfortable, the other one's like, I'm here and I'm happy, but I don't know what's going on. That is so funny. So I didn't know when that was a thing though. Like I didn't know that they would go down oh, there. This is news for me. I had no idea. Oh yeah, all the fear characters went uh, Danai Garcia was down there. Um who else is down there? Uh, one other fear character, uh, sorry, fear actor went down there as well. And I can't remember who it is. Oh, was it Kim Dickens, maybe? Mm. Maybe it was Kim Dickens. I don't know. Mm, could have been Sebastian Sozi, too. But I don't know. Um, I, I know that it was a thing, though. More than one person gone down there mm-hmm. and, and, and like did like an interview, talk showy. It was like a, it was like a the dude with the clown hair and stuff. I, like, here I am assuming that you might know. <laughs> But mm-hmm. but you were mm-hmm. telling me that like you would watch like um those um uh scary remember that family that family you told me about the Hispanic family that was um watching The Walking Dead and the reactions oh yeah the People's Couch yeah so I thought you might know what this talk show was it's the guy that's dressed up in the clown makeup and stuff oh, no. uh, if you if you yeah, troll if you troll like uh, Denai Garcia's feed you'll you'll see I did I did notice that I, you're right I I don't I'm not really familiar with it though like Latin television is is. Uh, it's getting a bump. It's been getting a bump for the last like um I want to say 5 years though. It's really it's like improved better. in caliber, okay. yeah. Yeah, cuz when I was growing up, Latin television was shit. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now, like I mean, telenovelas was, and all that stuff. Oh, god, the worst. Um it was I I when I but was Now it's like up, really good apparently. All those uh, like they've like it, injected it with steroids and stuff. <laughs> I mean, good, because, like, when I was growing up, and, you know, this is obviously the 80s and 90s, you know, mostly, and I remember, um, you know, my parents, especially because, you know, I am of Latin descent, believe it or not. What? And, okay. Yeah, I know. My my boss, actually, just, like, two weeks ago found out I was Dominican. She's like, you're Dominican? Really? I'm like, I'm thinking of two years. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm told. Shocking. I'm told all the time that I don't look or sound like a Dominican. That's fine. Actually, I went, side note, I went to Chicago for a day trip to meet with some contractors. And I think I think the gentleman was from somewhere in the Middle East. And the one you were meeting, the contractor? The one that I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he could have, and he was like all insistful and like, where was I from or whatever. And I was like, I was born and raised in New York, but you know, my parents are, you know, Dominican and now I'm in Miami. And, you know, he's like, oh no, like you look a lot like people in my area. Like I grew up in um, Algeria and Morocco. Uh-huh. Oh, um, I get I I've gotten a lot of that. I can so. see that Morocco because you have the curly hair. Yes. So the, and that's what they're known for. Mor- Moroccans, by the way, like um, you like they're known for curly hair. The word the word for you know argan oil, the oh, stuff that makes your hair yeah. really curly. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes, yes. that's from the Arabic word ar- ar- arganchi, which means curly. So oh. argan arganchi. So yeah. There's a family. <laughs> this is this is to show you how funny like a- um, Arab last names are. I mean, because mm-hmm. like you know, I'm I just so everybody knows I'm a Syrian Syrian Jew. So like I but like everybody getting last names weren't a thing. So in the Arab world, it's like you're son of this. So you're Osama uh, bin Laden or something, uh-huh. right? Okay, Ma- okay. Mohammed bin I- Ibrahim or something like so. Mm-hmm. But like when last names started getting introduced, and it's not really caught too much fire in the in the Arab world. Okay. But like in the Jewish world, like it makes sense. So what we would call our last names is like are either a characteristic or um or like a trait 
trade thing or what you're known for. Okay. And so there's this one girl in my class whose name was Jenny Arakanchi. And it's really from that word, uh, Jenny Arganchi, uh, Arganchi or something like that. So in okay. argan oil. And it's because it's, it's her family has curly hair. That- that's... <laughs> That's why they're called Arkanshi. Oh my god! And there's so many funny last names. Like there's there's a guy who's named Shimricha, uh-huh. and, it's, and that li- literally means um, it, if you make a little translation, it means man who smells things, <laughs> or man who who smells, or man who um, or, yeah, man who smells nice or smell. It could be smell nice, but. Sometimes Arab language is a little bit practical, so it could be like so when somebody says, "Oh, you know, it's it smells funny" or like it smell it kind of smells like shimriha, so it's like I smell something. Yeah. So the guy's like, so apparently he's his family's perfumery, like, uh-huh. but if it's translated wrong, it's the guy who smells. <laughs> so, let's go figure. Yeah, but getting back to your thing is like, yeah, I could, I could easily see that. You, you, I can. If if somebody's from that known world, they can easily confuse you for somebody who's Moroccan or Algerian, for yeah. sure. You have darker oh, complexion. Darker complexion, dark hair, curly hair. Were you? Did but you I, have I, curly hair? I, no, I had it pulled back in a bun. Ah, okay. So I didn't even have a curly. Hmm. Not even at the oh. ends of the pony or whatever. No. Oh wow. No. Uh-uh. I could see that though. I could see that. But yeah. So I don't even know how we got on that topic. Um. <laughs> Latin television. Ah, uh, yes. Latin and where you're from, and how that ties in, uh, and shitty television yeah. growing up. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. So, okay. All right, good. Thank you for getting me right back on that track. You're welcome. Okay. That's so, what I'm here for. Yep. Absolutely. I missed. I missed these tangents. You said you were going to go off tangent before, and you didn't so much. And now I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place now. Yeah, I'm on that tangent. We'll see where <laughs> it goes. No, Latin television growing up consisted of, like you said, telenovelas that were just God the, awful. Most, the most absurd things in the world. I mean, just sort of like, I remember one that was, um, oh God, it would make your head explode. But you know but what, I, would you, but just taking what you know about that versus mm-hmm. like American soaps, right? No, it's completely different because American soaps go on forever. And they take themselves really seriously. Very whereas seriously. Do you think Latin... Latin uh, like, I don't think they take it that seriously. Exactly. I mean, but so like, what do you respect I, more, right? I respect it more in the sense that I guess they're in on the joke. Yeah. Like, exactly. they basically kind of, like, go with the fact that, like, look, come on. I mean, this is absurd. I mean, there's <laughs> one that was, like... I think there was one telenovela called India that was all, what? like, you know, like, very, um, you know... No, <laughs> yes, actually. Was it really? But, well, to me, because it was, like, Indian culture, but filmed in Brazil, but oh. dubbed in Spanish. I was like, what kind of mess wow. is this? Like, it was just such a clusterfuck. My mom watches something like that. I mean, it's so absurd. And so, obviously, that's no longer on the air. But, I mean... <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Because it didn't have the market. <laughs> all telenovelas eventually end. But when I was growing up, it was a lot of telenovelas and there was this one variety show and it was like five hours and it was horrible because, you know, I was young, so I can't control the remote control and I can't, you know, control the TV. And like this show would literally be on Saturday night from 7 p.m. to like midnight or like 1130. It was like the Jeepers. entire night was this awful variety show. It was just like crisis right on steroids. <laughs> like. 
Oh, I'd watch the shit out of that. Like <laughs> people do, people would. Like my dad's coworker would watch for the hot women, and like, <laughs> like, but it was so like, like on hormones, I guess. So it's because it's it's kind of a broad <sighs> spectrum here. It, but it was like you know they would have um, games, uh, contests, uh, uh, interviews. Oh, musician. I mean, it was like they just threw everything in there, just everything. And then it always ended with some sort of competition for a car. Like, and that's always how this crap ended. But it was just, it was so ridiculous and over the top. And it just never ended. It just kept going. And I just remember that as just being torturous to watch. So to this day, I'm just like, oh, no, I I can't. I was like, is that still on? Please tell me that's no longer on the air. Especially considering the torture shift. Another story, funny story about that. It's all all marketing when it comes to things sometimes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the guy who, like, hosted this show for, like, whatever, 50-some-odd years <laughs> was this guy, Don Francisco. No, seriously, I think it might Oh, I think I know years. that, dude. This is how yeah, ubiquitous no, he's, he's super, like, he's, like, a major celebrity, you know? And, like, you go... I went to Chile for work one time, and he's practically everywhere, like, framed photos of him because he's wow. in Chile. And, um, but the funny thing is, it's, like, he was always marketed as Don Francisco, whatever. That's not even his name. They marketed it that way to appeal to, like, Latin culture because it's, like, oh, okay, you know, like, everybody... In Latin culture's don is, like, a sign of respect and, right. uh, and just sort of, like, camaraderie or whatever. And then Francisco, and maybe because his name might have been Francisco, but his real name is Ariel, is actually Mario Kretzenberger. But that doesn't work work for Latin culture. Hold up. Hold the phone. But there's a lot of Chilean, German, and Jewish descent. Oh, yeah. I'm well aware of that. Yeah. (laughs) Like me. But his his real name is Mario Kretzenberger, but that doesn't work on Latin television. Wow. It's kind of like when you find out the dude from the Dos Equis commercials also a Jew. (laughs) And not even like Hispanic like at all. He's like an Ashkenazi Jew. It's really you know weird. It's 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 all marketing, man. But they they have to appeal to you know the bigger their, their demographic of whatever it is that they're you know appealing towards. You know, wow. it's very interesting. Even like lately, I kind of noticed. Um, and actually, I didn't. I, I noticed it more after my friend pointed it out. My one of my good girlfriends. She's you know she's black, and she was saying how. She, she noticed, she pointed out how a lot more commercials now have interracial relationships depicted in terms of like when they show like a family, yep. they'll show like, but the woman is always black and the man is white. And oh, not really? the other way. And oh. I started noticing that. Like then when I started, well, wasn't I was the watching, Cheerios I was like, commercial the other way? I don't know, but I like lately, like when I've been was watching black. it, it then, lately when I've been watching it, it's definitely skewed more towards like the woman being black and the man being white. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I maybe did, maybe that's why the Cheerios commercial had such a furore because like people were, and you know those people, whatever, like, yeah. Eh. Mm. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all but, I have to say. That's the best reaction you can have without getting yeah, too deep. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe that's the reason. Yeah, it's like old stereotypes of like, yeah, trying to take your women and thing at the Jello pudding pop. No. <laughs> No. But let, yeah, like, don't yeah. No, let's not go to Bill Cosby. Oh my God! But like, short anecdote about that. It's kind of like did did, did I'm sorry did Bill Cosby single handedly roll back decades of like prejudice? Oh God! <laughs> single handedly. Single handedly. Oh, I, 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 well, one hand had the pudding. Oh, no. in, in my mind, I kind of thought that maybe the whole um, celebrity thing, you know, kind of influenced it, like Serena Williams and her relationship and, 
you know, the Duchess of Sussex. And, um, mm. you know, I, in my mind, I was like, well, maybe that's why it's like kind of a trend. So maybe that's the reason why, you know, they're just going with like what's in the public eye. So it's like, all right, you know. But, you, but do you think it means more, anything more? Or just, it's just that's what people will gravitate towards. Oh, well, I think they're this just is more to, acceptable. You know, yeah, maybe, mm. maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what goes into that sort of like marketing kind of thought process. You know, and the know. worst part about that is like half of uh, you know most of my friends, um, well most of my black friends, they're married to white women, so it's kind of like it doesn't even at least match my reality, you mm-hmm. know, as acceptable or not acceptable racial stereotype. I don't even think about it like that. It just happens to be that it's the other way around yeah, for me. So. Right, I don't even think about it like that in terms. Of I, I I, I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. So. No, like I don't like that's the thing. It's like I don't notice those things, and I didn't really notice it until my friend brought it up. You know, because mm. I didn't really I don't know. And it might be just ignorance on my part, just not just sort of kind of being like, hey, everybody love each other. You know, like I'm, <laughs> it's, you know, you know what, not. that's, that's kind of a good ignorance to kind of have sometimes because yeah. it's good because then you give, you're coming from a place where you're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this. It's like, well, no, it you just know? is what it is, you know. But, and by the um, way, commercials have been doing that for years though. Like, I'm not talking about like in the negative, but like, I think commercials and, and have shaped popular culture though. They've moved culture because mm-hmm. you're, kids are plopping around that on on cartoon time and yeah. and and you know like ever since star trek it's kind of like this stuff sells like moving into the future where we're all like a better society is kind of like and it does kind of bring you back to the walking dead in a way but like you know star trek the walking dead cooperation where this doesn't even play a factor where your character plays a factor where your motivations play a character you know what you do determines mm-hmm. you know i mean could you imagine yeah. at any point like i don't think at any point did we see like somebody who is unsavory that was black on a show um oh well, at least on the walking dead i'm trying to think like where there was but like now like and tanya pinkins reveled in that role she leaned in hard yeah, so like yeah. that you can play that and it not be like a thing and it be completely like you know but like some people would be like oh oh obviously the black woman is a, is a villain or whatever but like no that hasn't been the case on this show yeah. No, no. And I've always thought The Walking Dead's been very good about being, and, and my friend always... Not tropey about that. Yeah, and my friend always joked, like, look, when the apocalypse happens and shit hits the fan, like, you know, what what did she say? She had a specific saying, oh, yeah, the apocalypse doesn't discriminate. Right. And it's true. Like, when that happens, it's not going to matter who's black, who's white, who's Asian, who's whatever, gay, lit, lesbian, straight. It's not going to matter. equalizer, yeah. It's an equalizer. It's kill yeah. or be killed. It's, yeah. you know, I don't trust think, anybody. <laughs> right. And I think the show's been really good about kind of like showing that, you know. It's an equal opportunity discriminator. <laughs> Everybody's your enemy right now. <laughs> Everybody. It's like, look, this doesn't matter. We're all just human. Yeah. And that makes us a target. Yeah. But, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> So, no, yeah. Um, there you go. I think that's a so, good note to leave off on, I suppose. Yeah, that was yeah, really good. I think and that so. brought us around. Brought us around, yeah. Yeah. We'll all from Latin television. And all from Look 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 up Sabado Gigante one day. Oh God. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I'm sure you have. This thing's been on for like fifty years. Yeah. Like I, I think that was my first <laughs> God. I'm, I'm afraid what you're gonna say. <laughs> Erection. <laughs> oh God. That I think that's when first... I came online. <laughs> and that's that's like your first like brush with Latin culture. If that's the case, that's <laughs> well. You, I mean, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrible example. Horrible example. Oh God! <laughs> oh wait, but then the host is Jewish. So this is, it's just like caduceus. It's just eating itself. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, it's just. Oh God. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad that show's no longer on the air. But I'm so That's glad. Wrong. It's just so funny that it's, we brought this up. <laughs> it's funny, but it's just. Oh, I'm so glad that show's no longer in existence. Oh, yeah, is it not? I, yeah, I just don't even know. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's not. That's probably like the running, <laughs> longest running show in television. It could have been. Maybe. It could have been. I don't know, but it was on for a very long time. Oh, is he even still alive, um, yeah, Don Francisco? He is. He, is. Feel, he has to be because if he died, it'd be all over Spanish television. Oh yeah, it'd be like um, he's been, he's lying in wait at the exactly. um, yes to lay in uh, absolutely or like absolutely. they 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 bury his uh, they bury his body in Chile and then they they bury, like like what was his name Tchaikovsky I forget the the artist uh, he they buried his heart in Poland but like they bury his heart oh. in um what Mexico City I guess or something. Really? <laughs> no, but yeah, Tchaikovsky, they buried him in was it France and then they buried his heart in Poland or something like that? Something like that. I forget who it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be apt for Don Francisco. Mm-hmm. But in a Jewish cemetery, obviously. Oh, the heart, I mean. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh, there's another body part I could have said, but it's fine. No, <laughs> we, no, I'm not going there. Don't, don't go I don't know where that'd be buried. Oh god! There's so many places I could have gone with that that I won't. But I'm just leaving that he out is there. So slimy, so slimy. Uh, it moves culture. He is. He he, he is slimy. Yeah, so I've uh, so I've heard. God. I've heard that show, man. Oh man, it, it, and that it's I know about it. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that you know about it speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. L- live long and prosper. <laughs> so gross. Okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> we're, we're leaving you off with, with stars and, 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 and happy faces and, and emojis of laughter. Emojis and, of laughter. And excitement over the next yeah, episode. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this next episode. Same here, same here. And um, I guess with that, everybody, I, we'll, talk, we'll talk next week at this time and... Get excited for the next episode! Gigante! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> God, don't do that to me. <laughs> for the next episode, Gigante! Anyways. <laughs> Alright, everybody. Have a good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Um, not gonna bring it up. Nope. <laughs> See you next time. That was enough. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>